is Logan Tire Podcast. We back. I have uh, been on the road not even thinking about work for uh, 14 days. And I have to be honest with you, it was fucking delightful. Absolutely delightful. I don't feel a hint of guilt about it. It was great luxury vacation across Europe, adventure drives, and uh, back to work now. So we got a double header podcast coming to you today. We are going to start with... Uh, an interesting discussion, hopefully, about radar detectors with uh, Ariel Bravi of Radar uh, Vortex Radar. Well, mm-hmm. Welcome, sir. How are you? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Bienvenue. Yeah, thank you. Well, welcome in. Welcome back. Uh, welcome in from Oktoberfest. <laughs> are you uh, Are you Chaman? I'm Chaman. I'm Mr. Chaman. Are you German? No, I took oh. German in uh, in high school. Oh, you, so you brought it with you. I know a little bit. Ich habe Alemann Deutsch vergessen. You would have done well in Oktoberfest. Make sure I can say that. Oktoberfest is where all of that comes in very, very handy. I believe it. Although, frankly, beer is beer in in both languages. Were you in Munich or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the place yeah. to be. Oh, dude, it's Oktoberfest is crazy. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. We can talk about it later. Let's get into yeah. radar detectors first. Sure. So you're a radar detector enthusiast. So mm-hmm. are you a, te- a a scientist? Are you a tester? Uh, yeah, I don't do know. So yourself? it's kind of fun. Everybody like. They try to say, are you an expert? Are you a tester, scientist, all that kind of stuff? I just love them. My background. Enthusiast. Enthusiast. Radar detector yeah. enthusiast. I love testing them, learning all about them, all the little nuances and details, uh, figuring out how they work, what has the best performance, uh, and just learning everything I possibly can about them. That's fun, and then just turning around and sharing everything. What starts someone down a road of radar detector enthusiasm? <laughs> it's fun. I don't know. I just I love knowing what's going on around me. And okay, Spa- a, a love of spatial awareness. Yeah, exactly, which is fun. My background is engineering. Okay. So like RF, radio, all that kind of stuff like makes yeah. sense to me. And uh-huh. radar is just kind of a way to make that kind of tangible and useful in yeah. a way and, and like really and apply mo- it. And money saving. Exactly, which is great. <laughs> and it's and great. license saving. I'd rather you... put the money under detectors and then into tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So you just, was it like, you know... You see the cannonball run and hear the word fuzzbuster, and you go, I need to know about this. It actually wasn't. Like, I got into that afterwards. For me, it was just I want to feel comfortable when I'm driving. I love driving. I love road trips and not having to worry about tickets or what's going on. And so just to know what's going on around me is really enjoyable. And then I just got more peace of mind with the detectors or laser jammers or whatever. Yeah, well, as a, as a uh, road trip enthusiast and veteran myself, there are how many times? Can, I mean, the number of times I've been saved by, for me, I'll, I'll pl- no money exchanged. I will plug the Valentine One. I'm mm-hmm. a Valentine One uh, loyalist. Yep. Although I hear, you know, I hear that the, uh, the patent on the arrows expired and now everyone's in the arrow game. Yeah, the Max 360 has arrows. Yeah. There's a lot of remotes that do arrows and so it's b- awesome. Back it up. Let's, uh, we, I want to talk about the arrows. We'll get to that. But yep. like, let's. Let's let's. I'm gonna let you tell like the story of radar detectors and like you 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 guide this one because sure. I don't even know necessarily what to ask you. Yeah. Like, I have one. I know it was expensive compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the ones in the market. I know it works, but mm-hmm. like let's let's go back. You know, Mike Valentine. Maybe we can go back to that stuff and and mm-hmm. uh, tell me about radar detectors. Radar detectors in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, they came out with 20, 30 years ago. Cops started coming out with these huge radar guns just to clock people, give them speeding tickets, try to slow them down. And it slowly evolved the kind of the cat and mouse game between like... What was like, the original radar detector? Do you know? The Escort Passport. I mean, I only got into this six, yeah. five, six years ago. 
So do you, you don't you don't, can you test buy vintage ones and test that yeah. should be a good special. I've I got would like, co fund that with you. That would be so yeah, I've got some like old like Cobra Cobra trap shooters, the old escort passport, um like the old detectors. I've got some of the old radar guns with the massive antennas too. They were the suck old nowadays, radar guns with massive antennas more powerful or were they just less efficient? They were kind of both. They just huge output powers and very limited functionality, so they didn't have the ability to like that. Is that that's yeah, our OG? Just the old look one. at that, no digital display, just boop. Light up light on the front. That's great. There's like nothing. Super simple. There you go. I think it was X band and K band only. Is that early eighties? Early that yeah. Looks 80s. Late seventies. I never early even 80s used that one. Was. Like the old original Escort. Escort looks, loves to plug it in their museum. But yeah, that's like the old original Escort. Well, didn't Mike Valentine work at Escort and design the original and design that or something like it? Yeah, he actually used to work in both the companies, Mike Valentine's company and Escort, are in Cincinnati. So they were in Ohio working, and then Mike eventually split off and started his own company, the Valentine, Valentine One. Valentine One. Yeah. Oh, that's that. I remember yeah, this one. Too. Yeah, this there is the go. classic. Oh, Timmy, wrong button. <laughs> but this, the one, the one that I, where he just tried to pull up. I don't know who makes this one. Yeah, that's. I think the original passport. That's is also that the an original escort. passport. All yeah. right. Well, we don't have to worry about the picture. If he gets it, he gets it. But um, mm -hmm. that is, that yeah. one is to me the most classic mm -hmm. original one with the series of red lights. That's that's it, but it's turned off in that picture, so you don't get the same effect as with the lights turned on. But yeah, yeah, and you get the ramp meter, so it tells you how strong the signal is visually. And so the early ones were pretty much just radar, no radar. Pretty much, and there weren't really any sources of false alerts to deal with as much. Like and now, were, were those K? Did they have all three bands at that point? No, they started off with X bands, so huge antennas, and then they started moving to like smaller antennas, take yeah. up less space in the on the dashboard. So they switched to K band. Okay, so now we have three bands: X, K, and KA. We did. So if you have any radar detector that's worth its ass, it's going to detect all three of these. Yeah, and everything nowadays will be able we'll to do, do that. all three. And in fact, mm -hmm. we can, I can talk about it with the Valentine one. Sometimes you want to filter out a lot of that. Yeah, but uh. Can you give me a rundown of the, of the differences in, in the three bands? Um, yeah, pretty much. It's just different frequencies, kind of like if you've got your uh, radio and you're changing to different stations. They're just different frequencies. Uh -huh. And it's kind of the same idea. They're different frequencies. So different wavelengths. X-band uh, X is like 10 gigahertz. K-band is 24. KA is like 33 to 36 gigahertz. So it's just letter representing number of hertz. Different that's frequencies. It. And okay. that's good information because you can kind of tell if it's real or if it's false a lot of times. Based well, on that. for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I don't know about... Um, you know, where everyone necessarily who would listen to this lives, but like here in LA, as well as most metropolitan areas. So for me, one of the best things about the Valentine One radar detector mm -hmm. is you can deactivate those bands individually. That's awesome. And it's like, you don't have to plug the thing into a computer. You don't have to do it over Bluetooth even. Like it's got one knob and you can yep. do it on the knob. And like, if you just go on the website, you could do it in eight seconds if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing. Yeah. Know what you're doing implies there's skill. If you read the stupid procedure, <laughs> which you can you can do it. Um, yeah, there's the headline image. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my it. YouTube video on how to program so, it. Yeah. So Valentine 1, um, mm -hmm. which we can go right to the Valentine 1, and then you can tell me about all the other radar detectors. Sure. To me, this is the seminal radar detector. This it's is the one awesome. where if you're going to – if you want the solid, you know, it's the uh, – Corvette Z06 of radar detectors, if you will, reliable, mm -hmm. dependable. It is. Uh, maybe a little low tech, but mm -hmm. but the arrows, you know, this was the first and only one to to show you the direction of your of your uh, your ass assailant. <laughs> what do we? What word do we, so we use? Call it maybe location of the threat. The threat, if you will. Yeah. yeah. yeah Where yeah. is the radar source located? Yeah. So I love the V1 because it's got a great range and the arrows. You know, if you've got a weak signal behind. 
That's not a stand on the brake. It speaks a language to you. It does. Like when you can understand the V1 and what it's saying based on the strength of the signal, the arrows, like it's when you can speak the V1, it's better than anything else out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and for how many, what, almost 20 years, maybe even more than 20 years, years, they had like the only arrows. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Um, and so for me, and and you can manually, so you, in LA, or, or for me, I, I use it all over the country, but mm-hmm. uh, I deactivate the X and the K bands. Mm-hmm. Here in a metro area, um, X band is primarily like automatic door openers. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of them. There's a ton of them. <laughs> I had X band off for so long, like I don't even remember what uses it anymore. I think it's auto door openers oh. and whatnot. Like it's... Ohio and New Jersey are like the only places left that actively use it. Do they actually actively use X-Bands They do. Still? There's still a couple places in the country or like around the country that use it, but... I'll roll the dice and leave it off. It's not <laughs> used... In California, it's not in use uh, at all, so you're fine. No, yeah. And and uh, and then K-Band uh, is actually mostly radar cruise control. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cars here in, in the metro areas, LA and, and, and ever, all over the country are using radar cruise control mm-hmm. and or, you know, passive uh, uh, safety systems, whatever. Yeah. And oh my God, is it drive cable that's, nuts. So that's actually going to be changing, I think in is 2020 it? or 2022. They're actually, the FCC is going to be moving away from K-Band for all the blind spot radar and everything. Oh, that's gonna, is that going to be great for us oh, or bad for us? That's oh, going to be amazing for us because they're going to be switching to like ultrasonic 67 gigahertz or so, which means it's no longer going to be triggering our radar detectors so for people who have to use k-band because it's in use we're not going to be dealing with as many of the false alerts that we have today i'm pretty sure you know you must be familiar with alex roy my my good friend and another radar detector enthusiast Mm -hmm. and uh he he had a a a revelation related to what you just said um independent of it i must give him credit independent Mm -hmm. he he found out without reading into it that like whatever frequency they're using for like K band is like the same thing for autonomous. Like he's like, and he's like, Oh my God, this is going to be a huge problem. And then, and then read later, like, Oh good. Someone thought of a solution. I know. It's like, I wish if I worked for a car manufacturer, I'd be like, don't use K band for all your radar. Use something else. Like seriously. Um, but we, I, I can just say, I disable it in, uh, here in Los Angeles and here actually in, in this city and it's different, um, for wherever, whatever city you live in, but here in LA, the only place you find, uh, uh, cops actually doing real, uh, uh, highway patrol kind of work is right on the border of the city and the desert, right where the city ends. Like in the city, there's just so many cars, like you can't speed. I was wondering about that. I've seen one alert the whole time I've been here. There's no cops like in the city. And in fact, uh, I, uh, I turn my V1 off a lot Mm -hmm. if I'm just in the city, I'm going 12. There's Mm -hmm. no, and the cops that are around, I have seen people in this town pull some crazy shit in front of cops and the cops couldn't be bothered to give a fuck. I've been wondering about that. You see so much I'm like record on my dash cam you like save wild this clip. shit in this town. Yeah. Every town has their own version of bad driving. You know, what is your where are you where are you from? Seattle. Okay, what in Seattle what is what is your town? Is it stoned? Is that is, yeah. that, is that what they do or? Probably like the worst thing in Seattle would be like left lane hogs with the Prius. Okay. Yeah, who do like speed limit or under uh-huh. in the left lane and like you're supposed to move over to the right. I've seen Obviously. people get pulled over for it yeah. but they never do, so you're always having to pass on the right. That's why driving in Germany is so lovely. That would be amazing. Oh, like so people actually follow the rules so of the road. Civilized. And, yeah. You hate to call. You hate to to from a Jew. You hate to say, <laughs> "Oh, Germany, it's so civilized." But when the when it comes to the motoring, yes. Um. So yeah. here in LA, it's not paying attention, texting while driving. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm guessing that's like almost everywhere, though. Yeah. So what what you get here is. You really get the the speed enforcement is right at the edge of the city where the city meets desert because mm-hmm. out outside the city limits it's ninety no one really gives a fuck because you're in the middle of the desert that's but, cool. um 
But right on that edge, there's a few mm-hmm. spots where it's like you don't even want to go near them without without everything on. Yeah. Um, but then we have you know the CHP motorcycle guys. Yeah. Which are if you ever pull up on YouTube, you know some of the videos that those guys are doing mm-hmm. is ridiculous. The, their skill and they have great hiding spots and they all shoot laser. Mm-hmm. So if they're gonna get you, they're gonna get you. And there's no hiding. Yeah. I mean. Well, for, though you could talk about laser jammers if you like. Laser jammers, yeah. <laughs> Around here, I believe the cops use LTI guns. Uh, easy to jam. Easy to jam. They oh, are good pretty news. easy to jam. Yeah, it's, the main thing is like making sure you get a good set of jammers and you have them installed properly. Yeah. Uh, if they're installed incorrectly, they won't work right. So what's the what like low in the nose? Either kind of like thing? if they're installed super low, or one of the common ones is if you install them behind a grill. Um, yeah. The grill will actually physically prevent them from either seeing the laser or being able to transmit it back out. And people are like, "Hey, I want it hidden for aesthetic purposes," right. you know. But it doesn't work. So it's, that's one of the most common things I see. But if it's installed properly, when the cop shoots you with laser, uh, the alarms will go off in your car. Your jammer starts shooting back at him and prevent a speed reading from showing up on his gun. Then, so, But then you slow down. Yes. Yeah. You slow down and turn him off, ideally within like two to three seconds or so. Yeah. And then, then he's like, oh, you're doing speed limit, whatever, next car. Yeah. Yeah. So it's they're very effective. Unfortunately, I have a, I I jump cars a lot. For for me, it's not feasible. But if you yeah. have if you if you've got one car or even mm-hmm. you know a sports car that you is your go to a lot, mm-hmm. Alex swears by them. Yeah, they're great. I mean, people who use them, my 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 friend Nick, he absolutely swears by them. What's the one to have right now? Uh, the anti laser priority is like the jammer, the most pull effective. That, pull that one up to me. What's yeah. it called? Anti laser priority. Anti laser priority. That's the best jammer, most effective. Jams all the guns out there. Uh, there's a couple. What does out that there. go for? Uh, it starts at about seven fifty or so for two heads on the front, and uh-huh. then if you want additional heads or you also want protection on the rear or Bluetooth integration, there's different things you can add in. People are doing a good job of hiding them. There's shockingly few pictures of this fucking thing on the internet. Is yeah. that it there <laughs> with the white box and the four dealies? Yeah, you can see them over on the right. On like the, the right white box. So that's the control unit plus one of the heads that would be installed in your grill. One of them heads installed in your grill, maybe two inches wide or so. Yeah, and there's no, there's still no such thing as a uh, as a portable one, right? Because laser is no. so precise, it's just it's like your windshield is like too far away. Yeah, right. You basically. can't put them up on the windshield; they yeah. won't. Yeah, laser is such a pinpoint <laughs> we'll thing. Just pull out of that janky. <laughs> that, yeah, so that, that's actually from that's testing cr- purposes. Oh, is, oh, oh, so you'll probably actually you? see like that wasn't me. I know those guys, <laughs> but you'll probably see a couple different jammers installed. So. Like, we actually do testing events yeah. to figure out what's the most effective, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah. yeah, from testing. That's a good point. That's either janky as fuck or he's a scientist. Yeah, I and like I recognize the, the car. Okay, oh, so, so that's the thing install. where... install. And behind the grill. That's super common. So that looks like it's, it's going to work well. That will cut down, like, range about 50% if you put it behind a really? grill like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the effective range without that? It depends on terrain settings, all that kind let's of stuff. Ass- let's blah, blah, assume blah. clear day and it's flat. Ideal, you're out in the desert going yeah. to Vegas or something. You can yeah. easily get 10 miles plus. Of laser? Of radar. Oh, so that that's, was, that's that a, a radar, radar detector. detector? Oh, that's oh, a radar oh. detector. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten... Yeah. I once got in the middle of Nevada, got mm-hmm. 11 miles out of a V1. Yeah. And it was incredible. It's amazing. I then... This was a this is a great story because the audience knows it. It's famous from a video. I got 11 miles worth of Valentine 1, progressively increasing until I saw the guy. Yep. I set the cruise control at one over, mm-hmm. passed him, and was pulled over and ticketed for one over. No. Yep. And he pulled me over in a parking lot, and I then got a flat tire in that parking lot, which exploded halfway into Vegas, and I had to be towed all the way into Vegas. Yeah. He- See, this is the thing. It's like, okay, is that for safety? One over? Well, or in what, fairness, what's up with that? Oh, is there more to the story? I was. It was on Bull Run. Oh. So the car... Oh. Now, no, but... Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen. Driving while stickered 
is that's, is not a that's, crime. No, that's Son. not illegal. Sixty six and a six, and I went back and fought it, and the judge looked at it, looked up, and said, "Really, one?" And I said, "Yes, Your Honor." And he said, and he tore it up and said, "Have a nice day." Good. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, well, I had to drive yeah, back to you. fucking Vegas. That's though. a like, pain <laughs> to have to just deal with a one mile and over ticket. Yeah, yeah it was a huge pain in the ass. The cop who pulled me over fully won. Yeah, he won that that one. He beat the he he metaphorically beat the shit out of me on the side of the road that's, see, and fucked my day up. That's a, like so his radar gun is actually only accurate to plus one, plus or minus <laughs> one mile an hour. So you could in theory no. be doing exactly the speed limit. Listen, and is like a judge is accurate to about six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like that's just one of those. Oh, you got stickers a ticket. A, like a that's judge will, a judge will will look at that and go, wow, this cop is a piece of shit. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you want to argue the technical <laughs> you know side I mean? or the human side, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the desert. I mean, yeah. Fuck like, that's hell. stupid. There's nobody so around. There's crazy. nothing. Have you ever gotten yeah. a ridiculous one like that? Like a no, one over? Oh, luckily, no. I have friends that have done that. Yeah. And they've sent me the pictures of, like, oh, here's what the fine is for one over. He yeah. got ticketed for one over. And I'm like, what is that? You should offer uh, some sort of a prize or giveaway for, like, you know, closest to zero over. Like, what's without... the most ridiculous, absurd <laughs> ticket that you've gotten? Well, the, the most ridiculous I've ever seen, I mean, I suppose it, it was sort of fair. Um, I don't even think he'll have a problem me telling you. my friend Seth Rose, um, and uh, uh, it was a bull run guy. He's a road rally guy, and mm -hmm. uh, you know he's he was always one of those guys that was up at the front. Mm -hmm. I was never one of them. That's yeah. You have to be a certain type sure. to be that. And I and as an as a now I was doing this when I was, was I considered myself a child when I was now as an adult it's all dumb. But yeah, this guy was always at the front. He got a reckless. Uh, in a Nissan GTR in okay. Telluride, Colorado, which was a th uh, 30 miles an hour in a 10, <laughs> which was a fucking <laughs> reckless. They gave him a reckless for that? Yeah, for, for going uh, like, well, let's triple the speed limit. It was but, triple. Yeah, no, that was the, was that that was the, the, the Yeah, the issue was that it was a triple the speed limit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hilar fucking hysterical. Wow. Absolutely hysterical. Reckless for 20 over. Yeah. Yeah. I think in uh, there's there's certain where there's somewhere Virginia I think Virginia's if you're like twenty over it's a reckless yeah, yeah. I got a six I forget the exact number but yeah they're like really yeah. tough on that I got a sixty six and a sixty in Virginia and it was a court appearance really for yeah. six over it was brutal <laughs> yeah and I was Gosh. living I didn't live there bro I lived in Philly I had to go away you know Wait, he didn't cut you any slack for being no, out of state Virginia, or anything no 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 not at all no, no. and I was warned too mm -hmm. I was warned that that road was bad and yeah. You know, you've been you get warned, and then like, yeah, yeah, maybe they won't be out. You know, yeah, we'll see. maybe they maybe six over won't be a big deal. No, nope. I think usually the threshold's about nope. ten. No, nope. there's yeah. a place in uh, South Carolina called the Bluffton Speed Trap. It's one of them famous places where the you know the two cops generate eighty percent of the town's fucking oh, revenue, wow. sort of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to use the c word, mm -hmm. but like you know, and uh, they got me once on a fifty-seven and a fifty-five. Was it legit in a in a fucking champagne RX three hundred? <laughs> like the what is the lamest car? You, you get all get these stupid over. tickets. Like I do. That's not even speeding. I, I have mean, an like image of over? getting these crazy, doing these crazy things. My real tickets mm -hmm. are for nothing. They're for they're le eighty percent of the tickets I've ever gotten in my life have been for less than ten over. That's it's crazy. I would not have guessed that. No, it's no. a it's a it's revenue generation. I'm not I'm not like doing anything unsafe. And I've had cops say some crazy shit to me. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like people ask, oh, why do you need a radar detector? Are you speeding? Are you breaking the law? And it's like, no, it's for this stupid stuff to just yeah. avoid having to deal with that. Yeah, that's the main thing. It's yeah. not for people like, yeah, it's going to help if you want to speed like crazy. 
obviously, but it like, applies to so many people who just drive normally. Yeah, I mean, it, the, you is it, depending on where you live and where you drive. Like, you could have some truly either vindictive police. Yeah. Now, I I I do have to be fair. In California, I deal with a lot of sheriffs and a lot of CHP, mm-hmm. both uh, in that I just see them out and about and talk to them. Uh, I deal with them as they're at work in mm-hmm. my neighborhood or whatever. I see them on the side of the road and they recognize me and come say hi. And cool. we hire them for television to close roads for us. Right. Yeah. They've all been great. I've never I've been ticketed in California, but I've only had I've only ever had one interaction that I, with a cop where I was like I was not like. You get me, you get me. I'm not going to be a dick about it. Sure. You got me. But don't just don't talk, like yelling and screaming at me like I like oh my god, like I personally insulted you by going 7 over. Right, yeah. I think I think that's the case with the majority of the cops. Is most of them are awesome like good people. Yeah. And you have I think it's kind of with anything you have a couple bad eggs who, you know, make the news or whatever, but the majority of them are awesome like people think oh, you're a radar detector, you're anti-cops or something like hmm. and it's not that's not really what it's about, at least for me. Like, I don't have an issue with cops. I'm glad they're out there helping keep us safe and all that stuff. But I don't want stupid tickets for things that are supposedly for safety and aren't. Yeah, I agree. And I don't – do you find that cops are anti-radar detector? I, I don't really think Some they are. Some have an issue with it. Some are more willing to give you a ticket if you they see a detector because they're like, oh, I'm not going to give you a warning. And they point yeah. to your detector and, like, that's your warning. Oh, motherfucker. I I've haven't had a warning since I was 17 <laughs> years old. I don't, know, I don't know what a warning is. I assume I'm getting a ticket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I assume I I just I assume it is, and you know, for me, a radar detector is is the first line of defense, and often the only one I need. Yeah. My second line of defense is my attorney, bro. I don't argue. I don't say shit. Just let them take I care take of it. I take the ticket and call my lawyer. Yeah. And I and consequently, I now for the first time in ever mm-hmm. have a hundred percent clean license. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people that do that. 15 too. fucking years. They're like, why do I want a detector? I get all these false alerts. If anything happens, I'll just call my lawyer. Like, that's another strategy, too. It is so. a good strategy. Lawyers are yeah. a lot more expensive than the radar detector. Yeah. So, you know, pros and cons to everything. It works. But yeah. if you need to drive for a living, point. I mean, for me, you know, or if more importantly, if you have multiple cars, I mean, holy shit, if you, have a, if you are a, a collector of cars or mm-hmm. and you, you know, you have four or five cars or a family policy or whatever, mm-hmm. you start getting points in your license. Holy hell, does your insurance go crazy? Oh my gosh, no kidding. So, you know, can you still get away with points if you get a ticket out of state, or have they well, fixed that? Well, do you do you know? Are it you depends. In some reciprocity? states, yeah, some states have reciprocity, some don't. So it depends. Yeah, so reciprocity. So well, reciprocity is a real thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of states are, are reciprocity states, meaning wherever else you get a ticket, it transfers. California mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. There are a few states that are no reciprocity states, and if you have a license from one of them, you are golden. Uh, for instance, I know New York uh, and North Carolina are both no reciprocity states. Do you have any, don't have any other ones? I haven't really paid attention to the reciprocity states Okay, so New York is a golden license. Mm-hmm. You know, Not only can you be like, yo, I'm from New York. Also, anywhere other than New York, points don't transfer. That's really nice. So you can rack up tickets anywhere you like and just pay the fine and you're golden, and that's it. That's cool. North Carolina is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, but if you live in California legally, like you, you know, you need a California license. They won't let you. Like the other states, don't even give a shit where your license is from. In California, they make a very big deal of it because like, they because they broke. <laughs> that's like people are trying to get a business in Delaware or oh, yeah. Las Vegas or whatever. For the Smoke Tire LLC is a Delaware corporation doing business in California. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> legal. It's legal. It's legal. Yeah. Yeah. Un- yeah. Unlike the out of state, you know, out of state car registrations are a big no no here as well. Yeah. Uh, for tax, you know, evasion, and mm-hmm. as well as, uh, you know, smog. 
That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the smog's a big one out here. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get the smog done. It's, it's, it's annoying, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not that bad, if, unless you have, like, you know, a hot rod with no cats. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> uh let's talk more about radar detectors so sure, yeah. what is what is uh what is the new shit now that the uh the arrows are no longer the thing what's yeah. the new deal so the arrows are cool but now a lot of detectors are moving to digital what does that even mean so basically the way they're doing their analysis under the hood there's like they're able to scan a lot faster uh they can do some more sophisticated signal processing to filter out a lot of the annoying false alerts okay so basically you're just getting better performance and better filtering because the computers are now better under the hood so you don't have to do the deactivate x and k because it just filters it on its own you could still do that that's helpful um Uh, but for those of us who like still need x band or maybe k band especially yeah if you still have that turned on it's going to do a better job of filtering those out than maybe some of the older detectors which is kind of one of the biggest complaints if you don't live in an area where you can turn them off it's just so many false alerts yeah well that's actually most most people's complaint about any time i bring up radar detectors is oh the thing never shuts up yeah and if and, and, you know, before I learned about the deactivating the X and the K, I would completely agree with them because the mm-hmm. V1 is extremely sensitive Yeah, uh, for all bands of radar. And it mm-hmm. is extremely annoying if you don't have the other ones deactivated. Yeah. And I mean, the majority of the country, they still have K band in use. So you need yeah. it turned on. And like it's got good filtering against blind spot falses mm-hmm. and crudus control. Um, not ideal. Like every detector is still going to false to them. But one of the biggest things is it doesn't have a GPS chip built in. Yeah. So you can't uh, like have the detector learn stationary false alerts. So like automatic door openers you were talking right, about. Right, right. Well, that's a lot of people I know like uh, what's is it the passport that does GPS? Uh, there's a bunch now. Uniden, Redenso, Escort does yeah, it. I think yeah. it's the Escort and the Passport are GPS ones, right? They are, yeah. Those are the big the real big name ones. Yeah, the Escort does that. Yeah, and a lot of people will prefer the Escort to the V1, I guess, because the GPS. But it's got the GPS. And that might be better if you drive the same route every day, like if you got a commute. Exactly, and if you yeah. still got K-band turned on, so yeah. you're always passing the same shopping center, you got speed signs. Yeah. It can learn those and filter them out yeah you can actually do that with the v1 as well oh is there a separate oh with the phone with the app if you add the app it can do that if you you fuck with the app oh yeah both android and iphone tell me about the app about the v1 app because i haven't tried it so to do it there's no bluetooth built into the detector so you actually have to get like a bluetooth module Uh uh-huh it's 50 bucks and it just plugs into your v1 Uh in the power cable and then you can uh it's there's an android version and an iphone version okay um but the thing is mike v Mike Valentine yeah. uh, is pull up that picture. Of the, is that the UI? Oh yeah, that's yeah. The, there you go. So pull that's that up an too. old app. That's Stealth Assist. Um, oh, okay. That app, app. Uh, that app. does low speed muting, but not the lockouts that I'm talking about. Okay. Sorry, so basically, over. there's uh, Yavi One is what it's called. Yeah, that's the second one right here. Uh, there's the Android one. So uh, you can see it's actually paired to the phone right there. Uh-huh. It's a KA signal, but it would do the same thing for K band. Basically, the idea is the app using your uh, phone's GPS. Right. And then when it sees the same signals over and over, it'll learn it and then tell the V1 to mute itself Okay. when it comes across a false alert. And that's just full over Bluetooth, passive, everything, right? Yeah, and it just runs in the background. Uh, it does take a little bit more now, what to about, set up. Wait, what about if you're Bluetooth to your car for your calls? Can it do it at the same time? It can do both, yeah. So oh, your really? phone can Bluetooth to multiple devices. Your V1 really? to your car, to a headset, whatever. Yeah. My phone, my iPhone can? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've never, I guess I've never tried. Yeah, so you can Bluetooth to multiple devices at the same time. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is really nice, which is oh. good, because then you could actually take the audio from the V1 and maybe duplicate it over your car stereo or... Oh. So you got, like, all sorts oh. of different options. Oh, that's interesting. Nice for, like, bike riders. They can just yeah. put the audio in their headset. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can... Wait. Wait, you can run audio with for motorcycle guys? Yeah, a lot of times they'll do that. Like they make. What do they mount the V one on the tank? Yeah, they'll just put it like on the front of their bike, like right behind the windscreen. 
You're yeah. rocking V1 on your bike? No, no. What do you use yeah. for a power supply? Uh, you Battery? Can just, you can just wire it into your bike. So when you turn oh, on really? your bike, you just hardwire it in. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, Pull that up, Tim. That's, I like when people do this. Oh, that's cool. Like the radar mirrors? Yeah, this is my... my I don't know who made this one, but my boy, uh, shout out to AI Design in Tuckahoe. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he built Alex Roy's M5. Oh, cool. Uh, Matt Figliola, owner, and his people. Genius people. Very high-end shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll name drop. Family friend, Ralph Lauren. Buys mm -hmm. every you know crazy car known to man. Mm -hmm. Sends them all down there to have that done with his. Those with are his really mirrors. cool when they get down like those like radar that. mirrors. That's yeah. the shit. They're really slick. Yeah. If you want a nice clean install, yeah, those are nice. You combine that with the new mirrors that everyone's using. Everyone's using the frameless mirrors now. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Like the ones in the Teslas. Yeah, basically, Tes yeah, GM's doing it. I think yeah. uh, Volvo for sure. Tesla does it. I think Tesla cribs it from Mercedes, which is doing it. Mm -hmm. Like basically, all the luxury brands have eliminated the frame yeah. uh, around the mirror, and I, I assume you could still do that install. That looks mm -hmm. dope, right? Yeah, you just need a little bit of room behind the mirror, and then you can just put the display right back there and yeah. clean off the silver finish, and yeah. So the new thing is this: it's this digital scanning, so it's it filters stuff better, but. You know, does that mean if you've got something that's good, like a five-year-old passport or a V1, like you want, do, do you need to spend five hundred dollars again? Maybe. I mean, those are still good detectors. Like the V1, still a great detector. Like they're actually coming out with a patent right now, which we just found out about a couple days ago, with a digital version of the V1. Fuck off, really? So it's he's been working on different patents for new displays, new underlying hardware, but is he committed to using that same case. So yeah. actually, no, it will be a different uh, design for the really? case. It's going to have like the OLED display, different <clears throat> types of arrows that are going to be customizable. Really? Yeah. Oh, how exciting. I'll give him $500 again. Oh, I'm ready to get one. For a completely new piece of hardware? Yeah. I've had my V1 since 2003, mm -hmm. three or four. Yeah. I've sent it back once for a software update like yep. four years ago. That's one of the nice things about the V1. You yeah. just send it back, pay a fee, and then updates it for I you. I mean, I bought one for my dad. Keeps his ass out of jail. The Taconic yep. Parkway north of New York. Uh -huh. Fucking hell. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So what else do we need to know? So that's one of the big things. The GPS, like there's, uh, so like that's actually one of my favorite detectors right there. The what new Unidin. That? So that's, that's Unidin. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. So they don't have the brand recognition. They used to make detectors ages yeah, ago. They they, I remember they like sucked. 80s Unidin stuff for sure. Yeah. And then they got out for a while, but some of their new stuff they're coming out with is really, that's like the best performing detector on the planet basically. These really? Days. Yeah. Right now. So what's the story with it? So what um, does best performing actually mean? So it's got the longest range. It's better performing than the V1, than the Escort Redline, like anything else is designed to be a high performance detector that guy can actually outperform it so the filtering is really good the performance is amazing um, this thing has been consistently beating everything else uh, it's got gps built in like that one doesn't what that's i don't the get R1. Is from that picture is a sense of size it's is small it it's maybe this big like pack of playing cards um if you actually pull up on my instagram i uh posted a couple pictures with it recently you'll see it so like here's that's one from the other day uh I love your, your Instagram is funny because it's like, uh, you know, these like ballers post pictures of their watches and their yeah. car keys and shit. <laughs> and you've got like, these pictures. I was like, like, I'm playing with these detectors today. I got them on my windshield or I mean, sitting look, at my desk. You, I'll tell you what, though. You don't have to take a picture. Like, that's a well laid out picture. Good there it you. is. Yeah. They're just sitting at my desk. Vortex like, right. Radar on Instagram. Pull yeah. that up for. Uh, okay. So on the unit in there is. Okay. So compared to. Um, that's compared to the Escort Redline, mm -hmm. and what's the other one there on the, the right? The updated Redline, the Redline EX. Okay, so mm -hmm. it, of the three in the picture, it is the smallest. It is. Okay. Yeah. And now they figured out, 
Oh, they have. Okay, so the new ones are all using the, the single, uh, you know, the levered suction cup mount. Yeah. Kind of like the, what comes with the GoPros. A lot of them are doing that. Yeah, so you've got the options for, like, the big ones or yeah. the small ones. I like both of them for different reasons. I'll tell you what. I got a hack for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, you probably know this, mm -hmm. but the V1's real weak point. Pull up that picture in his Instagram on the left, Tim, of the V1, so those can see. Uh, so in this picture, for those looking, the V1 is on the right, and mm -hmm. it uses these two... Uh, I think they're one inch, maybe one and a quarter inch clear suction cups, mm -hmm. right? And you got to like lick your finger just lick the right it, amount, just the right, not too much, yeah. not too little. Yep. You got the car's got to be cold. The car, the windshield can't be hot, right? And you got to do the thing and hold it there for 30 seconds. And, and then you got a pretty strong mount. Mm -hmm. But over time, especially if you move the thing from car to car, it, those, the, they get all flimsy and shitty. I have that issue too. Constant right. suction detectors. Here's your, you, did you figure out a solution? What's your solution for it? Bed, bath and beyond uh -huh. shower suction cups. Really? That size, the same little number. They go, they're direct replacement. They're 80 cents. And they fit in. The plastic in. is, is almost double the thickness. Uh -huh. And they have like a ribs around them, like a structure. Uh -huh. I'm telling you, they're seven. I saw them for 79 cents. I bought a dozen of them. I have a lifetime of these fucking That's things. That's awesome. And they're so much more durable and they last so much longer uh they're just much nicer suction cups and they go they work with the v1 i think it's just like you know one inch suction cup you get them on amazon or, or whatever from bed mm -hmm. bath and beyond and and they are the shit i have to check those out i yeah. wonder if they fit like other detectors as well because i'm anyone constantly that has that the issue. same little number as the valentine one it will uh -huh. fit and cool. like here in california and like or florida or texas whatever so much sun it's so hot you know yep. you're out all day Maybe you park on the street, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Like, that thing is going to be varying in temperature, possibly 50, 60, 100 degrees. Mm -hmm. These cups are super legit. That's nice. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it'll actually fall off your windshield, and you don't want defensive detector falling off. Yeah. So it's no, nice no, like especially if you're cups. hardwired, because then it's going to dangle off your hardwire. I get oh, that a lot of times. I come back to my car, and I see my detector just hanging. Oh, it's like the that. worst. Yeah. The, the suction cups really help with that. That's cool. What's your – so I see uh, – what's your verdict on uh, – on, Dash height versus uh, rear view mirror height. Rear view mirror. Is the rear view mirror. Yeah. is my move too. Yeah, I like the dash mount just for temporary installs. Like when you'll see in my photos, I'm just oh, I just throw it up there, and it's nice to have it low on the windshield, and that's just because well, it looks it's good easy, in way easier to take that picture. Yeah, especially with the camera take that mounted high. Hiding behind the thing. That's the thing. So like, I actually run it up high by my rear view mirror. Yeah, it's like hidden there. You get better performance. Uh, it's accessible. The windshield is sloped towards you. So in general, the rule of thumb is so as high as high as you can make it. As high as you can make as high it, as it, goes. it helps yeah. it to see over hills, over other vehicles. It gives you better performance than whatnot. Why doesn't V1 make? Here's my patent. and This, this podcast can be a recording. Here's my idea. Yeah. A shark fin, mm -hmm. ex exterior mount, like, you know, an XM antenna. Okay. Right? Uh, Bluetooth to your phone, which is the display. Uh-huh. Right? With, you know, you'd have to run some type of power, but... Then you'd have, you know, the highest, really the highest possible. I've seen people do that where they'll do remote mount installs. And yeah. instead of actually installing it in their grill, they'll take the antenna and put it up on their roof rack. Yeah, roof rack for sure. Or yep. you could do some kind of like fucking crazy fin. Yeah. You know, really. If you could make it look good, then yeah. How much more range do you think you could potentially gain by that? I've actually seen like pretty significant range bumps. But just by like mounting it up high like that. Oh, for sure. You would top of windshield versus dash. There's got to like be way some, down on the yeah, grill or yeah, something like yeah. that actually really does help. Yeah. It doesn't look great and you got to run the wire down and whatnot. But yeah. for performance, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
What else is the? Oh, what about like dash cams and shit? Are you versed in dash cams? Yeah, dash cams so I've as got well? like four dash cams mounted in my car right now, testing really? and comparing them. Yeah, just That's to see so like funny to see which ones are the best and test you, you know nighttime. When you go to buy that. a car, do you is a priority for you like a huge windshield? So actually, you need one a of Model the X. You need I know. a Tesla Model X. Well, they it's have the windshields that. So I thought about that, but there's two <laughs> issues with the Model X. One, typically the windshields don't allow for radar detectors to pass through. To like work properly because the heated windshields. Heated. Oh. Some of the Teslas, but not all of them. Yeah. And the grills are kind of limited in terms of where you can put detectors or jammers. Well, there aren't grills. Yeah. Now they have there that face that's like, what is it? The, the twilight zone where the, the people don't have any mouths? Is that the thing? That thing, yeah. yeah. I've actually tested one where somebody stuck jammers in the corners of that like mustache thing, mm-hmm. and it worked. So okay. you can make it work. Yeah. Um, but like, if you want, I've got four or five remote radar detectors installed on my grill on my Miata. <laughs> I've got. You're testing all this shit in a, in a Miata. Miata. I've got cables every. <laughs> I'm like running so out of room funny. to install. That's like, so funny. Someone's gonna fucking oh report you. For I've got so much shit. stuff installed in my car. Wait, yeah. can you? How do we find a picture of what your windshield looks like at the moment? Was it on your Instagram? <laughs> uh, it I wanna, might be. It, I'm trying to find like where would I have the front of my car? You should find a way to run like a live webcam in your Miata. Just there's so much shit going on. I in do this that. Miata. Like, I do tours of my cars, like showing people. Oh, there's around a, there's and, a seat with wires all over it. So look at. There's a couple remotes that I'm installing. Click left. Wow. So are you just like, like constantly? Do your grills like sloppy pussies now? They're just falling out because yeah, you take I mean, them out so, so much. This is old. So I've got one, two, three, four. That's remotes. hysterical. So I've got another one that I put in there. I want to put in a sixth one. Oh, like, for so testing. for those listening, so he's, we're looking at an NC Miata, <laughs> a, a last generation Miata, which is a lovely car, by the way. Yeah. Fun so drive. you've got the primary big mouth grill, mm-hmm. although you don't have the ugly mouth. You have the better mouth right. of the two mouths. I'm really glad. Yeah. Cheers to that. Yep. You've cut a hole in that grill. Mm-hmm. And you see, have what appears to be two devices. So I've got the laser jammers installed right there. Those yeah. Are professionally installed because they had to cut. And, right. Yeah. And then you've got another big hole in the right side of this photograph. That's just like uh, somebody backed into my car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah so there's actually this like little plastic cover and so you uh, you, are you why haven't you mounted something so it's funny like i actually got a cover for like, it yeah i had to cut that i'm so gangster i'm no cutting so up my it's own funny car for i got the cover for that and then somebody backed into my car and cracked my grill and now i can't put it back in there anymore well now you can put yeah. another radar detector in there and then your lower <laughs> lip right your lower valance there that's is the that easiest a, place is to that put an in. intake you filled with things? pretty much i filled it with radar detectors. is that the air scoop for it your is, engine? yeah it is How's it doesn't get to the point. Are well, you okay? Yeah, I mean, you've, well, you've covered up what appears to be at least twenty-five percent of your intake. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm not trying to nitpick. No, like, it's funny, but like the majority <laughs> of the air intakes are right around there, okay. and you just got a couple little ones there, and that actually kind of goes down like below the car. It's okay. more for like airflow. Okay. And then what is the what is the the testicles hanging from your license plate? Uh, so that's a Stinger VIP, which uh, is what also a radar detector. Okay. The expensive one. It's like the most expensive one out there. It's, and you have to have that huge box hanging off the front of your car, or you can install it behind a body panel or something. And people oh, a lot of will that go that. through bodywork on like if the it's, lasers? If it's yeah, so radar it will do it. If it's flat, non-metallic body okay. panel, you can do that. Flat, non-metallic. That's like the trick paint for this. Work? The yeah, paint like work. I've actually got metallic paint, so, so I can't can, install. Really? Yeah, so that's oh, why that's you see all of mine out in the open that's like interesting. that. I didn't know that one at all. Yeah. Wait. So why? What makes the Stinger VIP the by far the best radar detector? Um. So it's the hardware is very sophisticated. Okay. There's some issues with it, honestly. Like I've had a chance to work with them a ton. Uh, the software really needs development. If they like really, really took the time to improve the software side of it, it would be amazing. So is it just like range? Is it, uh, is yeah, that... great. Well, I would say yes, but the one that I have, something's going on with it. And the range is lower than it should be. Okay. So it should have good range. Should have good filtering. It's got your lockouts. It's undetectable by radar detector detectors. 
undetectable by it radar is. detector detectors. So yep. you're not necessarily advising you buy one in Virginia. No, not at all. No. But there are some detectors But what that would the that. shipping cost be hypothetically to Virginia? Free? <laughs> Free shipping, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that if you live in Virginia, you must have this. Oh, I should probably no. take this. No. There are a lot of detectors that are undetectable. The Unidens, the Escorts, Stingers, Redenso. Really? All this shit is undetectable A lot now? of companies make undetectable detectors now. What if they make a detector... For the dete invisible detecting a, software. A radar detector detector detector. So some companies actually do that. Yeah. But they, they do. do that because their detectors suck and they can't make it undetectable. Well, not every detectable one sucks. But like Cobra, for example, they <laughs> yeah. make some where they're like horrible detectors. And really all that feature actually is is we want an extra check mark on a marketing list. That's so funny. So it's wildly detectable, but when you get really close to it and yeah. the officer already knows that you have a detector, then it shuts itself off and tells you, that oh, there's a radar detector detector. Hysterical. So it's not really a useful feature, but that does exist. <laughs> yeah. So it exists. But yeah, there's a ton of stealth detectors, which is like in the US, it's not a big deal. If they find you have a detector in Virginia, it's less than 100 bucks, and they don't even confiscate that detector it? anymore. Is that it? They make such a big deal it's, out of that. It used to be. They used to confiscate detectors. In yeah. Ontario, they can like impound your car, and there's like. Ontario, Canada? In Canada. Because uh, we have an Ontario. Yeah. That yeah, really yeah. fucks oh, when, when you move to LA. Yeah. Like, where are you oh. from? Oh, I'm from Ontario. You're like, fuck, all, <laughs> really? And it's like, it's right there. We've got the same thing in <laughs> Seattle with Vancouver. Yeah. So Vancouver, Canada is three hours north, Vancouver, yeah. Washington is three hours south. There's a Vancouver, Washington, three hours south. Right on the border, like nor just north of Portland. Oh, God, that's dumb. So they say, oh, you're go to Vancouver? <laughs> Which one? That's extremely dumb. And they're both like right in the same area. Someone, people have fucked, and weed's legal there. Someone's fucking that up. Mm -hmm. For <laughs> sure, someone's fucking that shit up. Good place to live for tax purposes. There's no uh, state tax in Washington. In Washington. And then you just go across the border to Portland, and there's no sales tax. Oh, so you buy buy in one and sell in the other. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. It's a great place oh, to drive sports it. cars. It's unbelievable. Been it's to so a couple uh, press launches mm -hmm. in, out of Seattle and like those roads in between Seattle and like uh, like Snoqualmie and all that. It just, yeah. Oh, the oh best. my gosh. Those are the best. I love driving out there just to drive. Yeah. Like we'll go on driving trips with you know, Miata, Miata clubs, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, or just for fun. It's oh, the mountains are so the beautiful best. out there. The roads are incredible. Like, yeah. It's, oh, I love it. Top top four or five driving state. It's amazing. People always talk about the rain and the cloudiness, which is true. But which like, is fine. But then with all the rain, you get the lush green nature. You know what? When it rains all the time, mm -hmm. like, I mean, look, if you're trying to drive a convertible, okay, I understand the point. Yeah. But when it rains all the time, the roads stay grippy. Mm -hmm. Here, when it rains, it's a real problem. Uh, that's true. You know, no people don't understand because when I'm driving, occasionally I'll have to be doing a video and it'll start raining. Yeah. And I all of a sudden turn into like a giant vagina. Yeah. You know, it's grand. It's always because it's in some super sketchy car. It never happens in like a brand new RS6. It's always in like, you know, some two JZ fucking two forty, you know, oh, death man. trap. No um, stability control. Uh, or no, it's always just some some unknown quantity. But but uh, the the roads just get so so slick. Yeah. You know, because of all the dust and the coolant, and you know, and and also the oil's been sitting for the four been, months been since the last time months, it rained. You know. Yeah. You know, when was the last like time ice. it rained here? Like who who even knows? Do you guys get much rain here, or how does that work? In the winter, it rains maybe? ten times a year between January and March. That's it. Pretty much. Wow. Although last year was exceptional. Last year I had to cancel, I think, six or seven shoot days because of wow. rain. We're not in, technically we're not in the drought anymore. Although they were like, the drought's over. And then it has literally not rained once <laughs> since someone, since they said the drought's Man. over. Who knows when it's going to rain again? So top four or five driving states? Well, What's California, Colorado, mm -hmm. Washington. Oh, nice. Washington. 
I'm going to throw out the, the, the curveball is West Virginia. Really? Spectacular. It's like and the Appalachians. Beautiful. Just and the beautiful. best. Yeah. The best. West Virginia, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Those are my best. I used to like hike up there, go to North Carolina. So yeah. whenever we drive to go up the trails and all. Oh, my gosh. The mountains up there. The, the Appalachians. Gorgeous. Yeah. But there's a lot of other good places. The top mm-hmm. ten, you know, you throw in Vermont, Montana. It makes sense. Kind of the coastal cities and just not yeah. the places without a lot of without a lot of people to yeah. fucking muck it up. That helps. You, know? you want you want open. Mm-hmm. What else do we need to know? So uh, oh, dash cams. Dash cams. We're going yeah. down dash cams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's what's now, what's the one to have now? Uh, so there's a ton of them. I've got uh, some Vicovation ones. I've got Blackview cameras in my Wait, car. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. What was the first thing you said you have? Vicovation. Vico. Is that a brand? Yeah. So oh. it's a brand. They make okay. some, like higher end dash cams, 250 bucks or so. Okay. What does do you? What does one of those look like? Uh, yeah. So actually, that the one, one? That you've got pulled up there. What is that? The controller or is that the actual camera? So that's the back of it with the buttons and the LCD oh, okay. and everything. And then, so that's a pretty good one. The video quality is pretty good. There are some weird quirks that I found with it. I'm kind of talking to the manufacturer to see if we can resolve them. I'm testing forward and reverse or just forward? So that one's just forward, front-facing one. So that's like a good kind of higher-end camera. That's 250 bucks? 250 bucks. With memory card or no memory card? No memory card. And what, what, you know, what does that have that other ones, like, don't have? High resolution shoots at, like, 1440p instead of 1080, things like that. You can get them with Wi-Fi. They record both when you're driving and when you're parked. Oh. Things like that. So how... At, the, at what point can one of those drain the battery of your car? So they actually have some uh, like monitoring devices that keep it from draining uh-huh. your battery too much. Okay. So like if the voltage drops too low, it just shuts off the dash cam. Okay. So they make devices that monitor that, that's or you good. can get like external battery packs. Yeah, because that's one of that's sort of one of my fears of having. I you know people like I I see these you know I'm various dash cam videos these dealers fucking with people's cars whatever and yeah the car it's the it's like oh the car's parked and this camera's running like how the fuck long is this thing running like twenty four seven yeah a lot of them do I've really got, my favorite one that I've been running these days is a Blackview camera uh huh and it comes with an accessory that lets you do that so it I let mine run is it an 24/7. accessory like battery pack so I've got a battery pack and like the voltage monitor to run off my car's battery. <laughs> So I've got like both systems. Where do you systems. shove this fucking So the battery pack is under. I don't have room for that. So that's like under the passenger seat. Dude, if you, you know, honestly, if you started a GoFundMe <laughs> for a car with some space, you know what you need? You know what would be a perfect car for you? Here's like a thinking. truck or something. No, no, here's the thing. Because you need something like baseline, right? So if you're testing detectors, like mm-hmm. you don't want a flashy car that drives extra attention, right? Right. You want to be kind of what in the, in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. You need... A Ford 500 that Ford later 500. became the Taurus. They changed uh-huh. the name mid-run. Yeah. This is a car that is fundamentally invisible. Uh-huh. That's true. Pretty reliable car. Big, spacious, huge greenhouse. That's a really big car. Really big greenhouse. I'm telling you, you could buy the nicest one of these things in the world for about $4,000. Seriously. And that is your perfect invisible Pull up the Ford 500. I had a friend who actually had one of those. We used to test with this car all the time. Got one as a rental car once. Gene yeah. Sanchez, my old camera, vomited right in the passenger seat. <laughs> there it is. Look at that. Look at how tall the roof is compared to the side of the door. Reminds that me of like is, an old it's like a, It's like you took a Volkswagen, a new Beetle, and just stretched it to add another door in it. What's the grill look like on that car? <laughs> I don't know. Pull it up. Like, pull do up we have a good spot fucking, for like installing the jammers? There you go. This, oh, that's go. good. Maybe if you do it without the mesh grill, you can that's install good, them down at the bottom. It's got a good grill. Maybe that's get a different grill gen. with like horizontal <laughs> slats or something. So the second go. gen, I think the grill is about... It's pretty small. It's like Aston Martin size. But you got lower grills, too. You do. And you got the plenty lower, of room in there. You got, a, you got like, dude, how many lower grill slats are there? Oh, I could fit so many radar detectors I'm in there. I'm telling you, you could fit like <laughs> 10. <laughs> you could easily fit probably 
10 to 12 radar detectors in the lower valleys. Easily. I could even start installing the bad ones in there just because I've got room. Tell me that wouldn't be the be perfect car to test radar. Oh, look at there that. You go. The look picture. at that. There's the grill. That's the picture. With that grill. Pull it up. <laughs> you can just cut, take out that grill, and look at the height of windshield compared to height of car. And that's as long as you've got enough great. room like behind the dash and everything, I can install everything. That'd be great. <laughs> I know. I've been looking. Like I love the Miata. It's yeah. such a fun car. But for like testing, I don't have a lot of room in there. Can you think of a better, a better one? Than that? I mean, you can go maybe in, a truck. In SUV. Trucks, well, that do, could work. Yeah, you know, you, you could. I don't find, need a like, haul stuff. Maybe do you want like as close to the average? <laughs> it's like not <laughs> not that. Close, <laughs> yeah, let's let's just pull that one up. As close to the that's a that's a Ford. Go. That's a good way to fly donk. under the radar, right there. <laughs> on 26. Speaking of flying under the radar, I, I want to go back to the perfect car, but I, I just have to bring it up before I forget. We were in Europe, in Germany, and we saw an RS6 Avant. Go, stunning car. I love those. In, a, in one of those pull-offs, and it had a Landau fucking roof on it. I kid you not. Really? It had a proper Landau cloth roof wow. on it. Gangster as fuck. What, what, so maybe for you, would it... <laughs> Stop pulling up pictures of four five hundred. <laughs> that is like that to me says St. Louis rapper. My first album came out a week and a half ago. It's like, let me, put, let me put rims on this. This is what I got with the advance. That's, that's what that says to me. Or is that Tyga? I don't know. Um, the uh, the average car, right? You mm -hmm. you want something that is the most in the middle yeah i want something that's like representative of what most people would drive so like a family sedan would work an suv Small would work crossover crossover like, could be great i feel like you know a, like a mazda cx-5 i hate to always bring up the mazda cx-5 but it seems like it's right in the middle of everything that could work if it yeah. as long as it doesn't have like the radar cruise control some of the mazdas do oh or like the so radar it has to have stuff. no radar cruise control either that or on a frequency that doesn't interfere with radar detectors yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, and some of the Mazdas have laser stuff, too. The, oh, actually, the CX-5s? Do you have laser turned on in your V1? Yes. You do? Do you get a lot of laser falses on it? No. That's interesting. Really. I mean, okay, occasional. Occasional, but not really. No. Because the CX-5s a lot of times would trigger the V1. Really? Mazdas, Infinities, or Volvos are the three big ones that I see. Volvos and Infinities, 100%. Yeah. Infinities, uh, you know, I know an FX35 is coming from a fucking mile away. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell. It's like, yeah. I just, that's, I turn laser off on my V1. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Volvo XC90s. XC90s, they'll trigger them too. Uh -huh. Yep. And I just let my jammers handle all the laser stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. cool, man. Mm -hmm. So those are those two cameras your your recommendation for cameras? Uh, I like the new DR750S, the Blackview. What's the oh the uh, DR750S? DR. So it just came out. Uh, I've been running the 650S. Is that it right the, there? The one that looks like a scope for a rifle. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like this horizontal tube. It look yeah. So I've been running that. It and looks like an it action cam. Yeah, exactly. Is that is that it right there? That's the oh, new one. Oh, it goes it goes FPS sideways and, though. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the windshield mount and it sticks sideways. No, oh, so it looks more like our webcams than it. Does, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. kind of the horizontal design. Great yeah. video quality, good at night, good in the day. And is it that, does driving do you, does and Does that pumped. record and you what, hardwire it? Just Yeah, you yeah. hardwire it. Uh -huh. So easy, right into the fuse box or wherever. I use like a little box that uh, monitors the voltage level. Oh, so, so do you have one box that all your shit goes into? No, so everything goes in the fuse box, but I got a whole bunch of different power taps because yeah. I've run out of spots on the cable. So I've <laughs> had to like install for detectors, extra expansion ports, yeah. jammers, like there's so much stuff in Why the car. Why don't you have like one box that's like a mixing board basically that, that just goes nice. into your – I feel like this is something that would help you so much. If I, Well, I mean it's kind of one of those things where you just run the cables and you never really mess with it too much. Right. So but if you had – like there, if I were you, I'd want something that was almost like a guitarist pedal board. That would be you nice. You know, that you would just plug the board into your one power source 
and then everything else would you could just do in the footwell of the car. One thing that would actually be really nice for that, like for the, the jammers that I have, can integrate with radar detectors, mm -hmm. and there's no good way of changing which detector is plugged into it without physically going in and changing the cables. Oh, and yeah. And so having like Ethernet splitters or something where I can just change what's going into it would be a nice yeah. add-on to do. Are all the other detectors still using telephone cords? Yeah. They are, right? They are. It's not just the V1? No, everybody does that, which I love. Oh, it's the best. It's great. You it go to Radio in. Shack. Well, not anymore. Yeah, but well, you went to you Radio could, yeah. Shack. And buy a fucking tel and buy a telephone cord. And so they're all universal. If you ever yeah. want to swap detectors, which I do all the time, being yeah. able to plug in almost any brand of detector into the same plug, I love that. It's the and you can and you can have like just different lengths and colors and like you can yep. match like if you have a tan interior, like you can get a tan telephone cord that will actually match totally. your interior and like won't look all weird. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. Anything else? Fun. Let me see. Uh, let me look on. Uh, this is going to be a. I mean, not really a delay. Is your? Mm -hmm. You want to check your live camera? How do you know yeah, from the sure. front that you're right. still living? So I actually thought about. Oh, do you have any idea? Camera? So it's still going. Oh, is it? Forty-one people watching. That's forty-one. Hey, Hi, forty-one people. Oh hey yeah. So there's change. So yeah. it works. Yeah, it looks like it's working. Oh, it's how about that? Time, it's, so. I'm glad that our internet solutions are actual solutions. I'm glad it's working. You've got fast Wi-Fi. Dude, it, it took so years. Oh, good. good. We have questions from Facebook. Oh, I have yeah. a question first. Yeah, sure. What is sure. the future of radar detection? And particularly oh, given GPS and all the computers in the cars and they can track the speed, at what point do the police just tune into that and go, this car is going that and this car is going That's that? That's actually something that. we're wondering about. Like as cars start moving to like self-driving cars, then do you need a radar detector if the car is driving itself? Or what about when you have the option of like self-driving versus manual driving? So that actually could change. So that could be really interesting to see. Like, will we still need detectors in the future? I think for a little while, it's going to take a while to go to like fully autonomous cars. Yeah. But I think that could be really interesting because a lot of that stuff will change. The, the countries with, the, with like the I think the best trained drivers, mm -hmm. like they Germany, don't, they don't really they don't really need Germany. them. You know, yeah. there's not, you know, a lot of these, I think it's the shift over time is really good. At least before we see autonomous cars, which will happen, but are not happening anytime soon. Mm -hmm. We will see photo enforcement. Yeah, there's a um, lot of that coming out in now. In Europe, and, mm -hmm. and that's, I actually wanted to go. The first question, because I, I, I was just doing Europe adventure drives. I drove cool. across Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and Italy. They got a lot of photo um, radar out there. Which is, uh, all of it is basically photo enforcement. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I, I only saw in, in all of those countries and almost 2,000 miles of driving, I only saw one actual police officer um, shooting laser Yeah. Uh, in, uh, I don't even remember where it was. Uh, I, think, I think Austria, actually. Mm -hmm. Everywhere else was photo enforcement. Switzerland, mm -hmm. you know, is possibly the most beautiful country in the world. That's gorgeous. Uh, the trade-off is that it has the most aggressive, you know, driving enforcement laws, period. Aren't, th aren't there tickets, like, based on your income? Well, so over super a certain rich? point. There okay. is, at every level, a ticket in Switzerland is fuck-all expensive. Really? Yes. Every level. Mm -hmm. I, the biggest ticket I've ever gotten in my life was in Switzerland. It was a thousand euro for Ouch. 19 kilometers over. 19 kilometers? Yeah. Um, someone yeah. on Adventure Drives did a very dumb thing. Uh-huh. Uh, which was make a U-turn in one of those tunnels. Oh, they have oh, wow. they have like long ass tunnels through mountains, and uh -huh. someone literally made a U-turn in the tunnel. Was caught on camera because uh -huh. there's cameras everywhere. Oh, it's on camera. And the fucking cops show up at the hotel. Like oh. this dude doesn't get pulled over. Wow. These cops follow They're him from the tunnel to the hotel. Wow. Show up at the hotel and demand to see the driver of the orange Lamborghini uh -huh. and find him. I, th I believe the number was six thousand euro. 
They don't fuck around in Switzerland, dude. Wow. You do not. I'm telling you, radar cruise control. I rented mm -hmm. an Audi S7. Mm -hmm. Lovely car. I saw that, yeah. Uh, radar cruise control in Switzerland, you know, it's painful. You're, you're driving across Switzerland. You're talking about 300K at 60K an hour, which is like. Like 35, it's 40, like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 40, yeah. you know, or, you know, maybe 100K an hour, which mm -hmm. is 60. You're like exhausted after doing that. It's even with radar cruise control, you're like falling asleep. Yeah, it's crazy. But then you get the Alps, which has no enforcement. So you just enjoy the views. The okay. mountains. No, you can drive fast on the mountain passes. Oh, There's that's no cool. photos up there. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the trade off. Mm -hmm. But it's just the most beautiful country in the world. So we what what are the first question was about? Do we see undercover speed enforcement in Europe versus back home? Uh, I, in the countries I was in, I saw zero undercover speed enforcement. I saw cameras and one marked cruiser. Mm -hmm. Um, if we consider going to the UK and filming one takes, I would love to go to the UK. I'm, I have an offer for crazy cars in the UK. The UK is unfortunately one of the top three most expensive places globally that I could go to film. And so to make a business case for it is very hard. However, if anyone for any reason flies me to the UK for work, I will stay and film some videos. There's a, literally, I could go to the UK and, and, film an xj220 that'd be cool should be great mm -hmm. but that's like you know just for <laughs> three, that three days of flying and you know yeah you know and all that for one video um okay or oh here's a radar question are the v1 still one of the better detectors on the market even though they don't have uh gps like some others uh i'd say opinion? so i think they're more of an enthusiast detector nowadays I don't enthusiast detector. That's funny. Yeah. It's like the E30 of detectors. It's like, yeah. It's like people use it because it's a classic. Yeah. Like it's not the easiest to use. Like we were looking at the programming and yeah, you've got the dial and you got to know it's okay, arrow up and down. Like there's other detectors that have similar capabilities. They're easier to use. They have more features like the Max 360. I yeah. think that's a better general purpose detector. But for somebody who's like an enthusiast, uh, we tend to prefer the V1s. Like it's just such a refined, well-built detector. Yeah. It, you don't have the bugs that you're dealing with with some of the other there ones. There are no and bugs. It's at this point, it's I've amazing. Never, I've never even heard of one really acting. They do well, kind I've of error out sometimes. I've heard of some one acting up, and they we sent it back in service, and it was fine. Yeah, they but will I mean, sometimes error out. I've had that happen, but otherwise, yeah. it's a great enthusiast detector. Um, it's so funny. The word enthusiast detector to me is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, of all the cars on Adventure Drive, which one would I have taken if I could have been in any of them, and which was the weirdest one there? Um, so the thing with having an, an event in Europe that's really for Americans is only two people actually shipped cars there. Everyone else rented exotic rentals and luxury mm. rentals in Europe are fairly reasonable compared to in America. Yeah, here they're expensive. Yeah, so mm. in, in America, you want two days in a 488, like a weekend, you're probably talking about $6,000. Right. In Europe, that gets you in one for a week. That's Which, so it's actually better. So a lot of the, there was like a bunch of 48s and Huracans and stuff on this event that mm -hmm. people just rented. Um, and of the of all the cars there, like so, it was like forty eights, Huracans. Um, there was um, uh, a four five eight. There was a Bentley, two Bentley GTs, and uh, a cup an, an R eight and F uh, F types, you know, and, and two two or three nine elevens, like stuff you'd expect. Nothing sure. out of the ordinary. Nothing yeah, yeah. wonky. Fun exotics. Um, JF was there. My friend JF. He rented an S six wagon. Cool. Which was pretty cool. I rented an S7, which is the same car, just with a different body on it, and uh, and I thought it was lovely, and mm -hmm. I was perfectly happy with, you know, if you're doing that kind of, di everyone who rented a Huracan, like came up to me and they were like, 
yo, like, I might trade this for, like, something else. Like, because Huracans yeah. are great for, like, a couple hours. Like, you just, I don't, you don't. Everyone who's, like, it was, their, yeah, they're, they're hard. They're yeah. hard to do that many miles in, and they're just, they're just not that comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, the R8 is much better if you want kind of the same experience. But, um, but, <laughs> but it was so funny to see. It was, like, some people's, like, first rally, first, you know, rally type event. And you bring a supercar to your first rally, and then you bring a GT car or, like, a big, you know, super saloon sedan kind of thing, you know, to your, uh, to your, to your next one. It totally and, makes sense. Yeah, comfort. Yeah. Comfort. Um, okay. How much do paint color and reflective surfaces actually matter with laser? Uh, is my black car meaningfully better off against laser than a white one? It used to be. With older laser guns, yeah. But with newer ones, they can get reflections. You can point at a tree and get a distance reading like that. I mean, you can point it at any part of the car at this point. It used to be like the grill and the headlights or taillights or the plates or the target uh -huh. areas, which is true because they're the most reflective. You can point a laser gun, a modern one, at any part of the car, and it'll get a reading. So it paint color, trying to use plastic dip in your grill, any of that kind of stuff, it doesn't really help anymore. What about size of vehicle? Size of vehicle will make it easier. Um, especially like a car for laser that's like the back of the car is usually easier to get a reading off of because it's a big kind of reflective perpendicular yeah. target, whereas the front's usually more angled like more this. More wedge-shaped. The wedge-shaped. So Unless you're in like an F-250 Platinum King you Ranch, like and that. it's like a it's fucking like, big, oh, it's so big easy. lunch tray coming And then it's like you. you need a bunch of jammers on there, and you're fine, but yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. What do you need? Like a like a twelve pack? Usually, actually, about three of them will get by. Two for smaller cars, three for bigger ones. I've seen people do that though. Just cover them. Yeah. Um. Someone wants to know: Can we trust reviews from Radar Roy's website, RadarDetector.org? Do you know that person? Yes, I do. Can you trust his reviews? You want the honest answer? Sure. He's one of the reasons that I got into making videos and testing because I saw his videos and I wasn't really happy with it. Okay. So he um, he's passed away now. Oh. But so he primarily promotes escort detectors. You can't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> I know, right? So well. he, he never liked the V1 because he couldn't sell it. And so he would always kind of put it down and say, here's because why. Because he couldn't sell it? He couldn't make a profit. Well, so yeah, oh. Valentine only sells direct. You can only oh, go to Valentine's. Oh, so this guy's website. got a fucking store and gets cuts? He does. So he oh. sells radar detectors oh. for a living. And he makes videos teaching you about it. So oh. there's a lot of yeah. questionable information because financially and okay. like i mean i'm incentivized to recommend one or another but i will still happily recommend detectors that i don't get paid on all right why are you, what are you incentivized to recommend so uh then anything that sells on like amazon for example amazon affiliate links oh okay or some companies like i've got deals with them where i'm gonna give a you a pass and i'm gonna give you not that i'm the ethical king but i will yeah. give you an ethical pass on on Amazon affiliate. Yeah. And like I there's mean, detectors. Just, a lot of people do Amazon affiliate and you can buy some on Amazon affiliate. Yeah. And you could even buy a V1 on Amazon, but you'll pay more than can full you? retail yeah. and you'll get no warranty. Oh. And so people. Were you buying a refurb one from someone else? So uh, Valentine only ships to a couple. They ship to the US and three provinces in Canada. Yeah. And so if you want one outside, you have to go through somebody else who resells. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I would say by far the most annoying thing about a Valentine one is actually getting it yeah it's kind of tough yeah for in the modern era to not have an amazon store or whatever mm -hmm. you know it seems a little behind the times and it could I, be tough to get a tracking number from them and yeah they could update yeah. that they've shown up when i've bought them that but, helps That's but it was need. old school as fuck it yeah. is yeah um last question is there any effective way to guard against instant on from police heading the opposite direction so do you want to just give us a real a quick a quick primer on uh or give the audience quick primer on instant on instant on yeah and uh and then if is there any way to uh yeah so a lot of radar detector companies will like to advertise we can detect the latest instant on guns which i always thought was kind of silly the idea is a radar gun it's transmitting and what officers will try to do is to prevent radar detector users from getting advanced warning they'll turn off their radar gun 
And then when they see somebody up ahead who's speeding, they'll turn on their radar gun, lock in the speed, and the detector user gets no advance warning. AKA a cop working, a and cop not working. a cop sitting. Exactly. A cop who's actively, and that's a technique that they can use to try to defeat radar detectors. Yeah. And if it is effective. If you get with me with instant on, I'm not even mad. Yeah. Because you were working. You were working for and it. you tried it, and you got me. I'm yeah. not even mad. Exactly. I've even, have you ever congratulated a cop for getting you? It's like, that was a good shot. Yeah. Come around to Ben, and it's like, you're toast. And I you're swear like, to God, have you ever congratulated yeah. a cop for getting you? I've never congratulated. Well, I'm getting upset it when that happens. It actually feels pretty good. <laughs> they get really happy. They like, do. I, don't, I, got, I did, did not get uh, let off, but I got a drastic reduction mm-hmm. for, for, like, thing went off. Like, he got me. Before he'd even put his car in drive, I was You're stopped. already on the shoulder. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, he, I was like... Wow, your hiding spot and your timing. I mean, bravo. I was like, you got me. That was good. Yeah. And he was like, thank you very much, sir. And he, that's, <laughs> you know, that's a cool way to approach it. I yeah, like that. It was fine. He yeah. had me. What was I going to do? Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to have a fight with the guy. Fuck off. He's yeah. So, stuff. like, what's the trick? How do you avoid that? So, there's kind of two tricks to it. Um, the main thing is having a rabbit ahead of you. So, somebody else that you're following. So yeah, they're going to be the yeah. ones drawing fire. Uh, in most cases, this rabbit is going to be a stranger. Yes, you're you know, using a stranger. You're, if you are a super baller and uh-huh. you have a rabbit ahead of you everywhere. Yeah, God, which you're not always going to have. So you kind of have to like, sometimes it's riskier at night with no <laughs> rabbits. What are you going to do? So it's <laughs> ideally having a rabbit and a really sensitive detector. So you're picking yeah. up instant on ahead. And then it's brake lights. Brake lights, lights. That kind of stuff. So it's a, like yeah. a combination of tools. But, but actually, you know, without a rabbit, not really. Actually, mm-hmm. I'll give you a way to defend. Yeah, I, the the S seven I just drove, uh, as well as many other uh, cars I've I've tested or or whatever, night vision cameras. You know, mm-hmm. Audi has a thermal camera now yeah. that's meant to be a pedestrian safety thing. You can see cops on the shoulder. You can and... see a car with an idling engine mm-hmm. behind a tree. I've seen you people know? actually installing thermal cams in their yeah. cars for this exact reason. Alex Troy did that shit back yep. in the day for uh, for the M5. I'm not sure it actually helped him with anything, but it was know. fucking cool at the time. It is. I and love now, that stuff. Now, the, you know, Audi's got a full digital gauge cluster. So you flip that bitch on and your whole gauge cluster is a night vision camera. That'd now. be really it's nice. Bitching. You don't have to like look over to the side. Oh, no, it's amazing. That sounds really it's cool. Super good. Yeah. And the cameras are getting better and better. So, yeah. yeah. That uh, it, it works better, I think, when it's it's cold and clear. Cold, cold, dry air. It works the that best because a hot engine would be the biggest like contrast. A big contrast to it, yeah. That was the best, but yeah, like, yeah. supposedly it's for you know pedestrians and deer. Yeah. But it also helps if you happen to have a, a hidden engine. And that's the thing. It's like people think, oh, I get a radar detector and now I'm bulletproof from tickets. And it's like, no. There's multiple different techniques. Yeah. There's different tools, and you can't get totally immune from them. But you can kind of help lean the odds in your favor. Do uh, do uh, any other detectors out there, do you have to like learn the language like you do with V1 or is it they all kind of have with a display, they just, it's a little They do a little bit better of making now. it easier for you, but yeah. the V1, it's it's kind of learning the language and it's also just listening to the ramp up and like the sounds, you can kind of associate that with what's going on with the world ahead of you. Okay. And it makes it really easy just to kind of correlate the sounds with the road ahead and figure out is he over right. the hill that kind of stuff yeah 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 you can do it with yeah other no if you go up and up and over a hill the sound comes and goes and you know you yeah. can kind of see oh if it goes away maybe it's you know a certain a certain hiding place yeah and if you want does a really really good job of that yeah yeah, yeah. this was interesting thanks yeah. man yeah man, it's i appreciate pleasure. it thanks for having me. uh ariel from uh radar uh, vortex radar why do i keep yeah. saying radar vortex, radar vortex. Oh, my brain vortex is, radar. Is, is turning it backwards <laughs> uh vortexradar.com that's me uh vortex radar on instagram what else do you yeah. want to plug uh, Twitter, yeah. The main thing is YouTube and website. That's where I'm the most active. And you just want to search for Vortex Radar on, if on you find uh, it. Yeah, YouTube, my YouTube right? username is Travelcam1111. YouTube doesn't let you change that, which is annoying. But if you search Vortex Radar on your on YouTube, you'll find it. 
Lesson for uh, other prospective uh, YouTubers out yes. there. Make sure you're 100 percent sure when you set your username. Yeah, for YouTube. you really want to uh, to do that. And uh, but thanks for coming, man. This was yeah. a, this was a good, interesting discussion. This I appreciate great, yeah. it. And this uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming out. And uh, we're going to break. I'm going to sell some real estate. We are going to come back. And I've got uh, an interview with a, a really interesting gentleman named uh, Roger Donaldson, who is the director of a new documentary called McLaren about uh, Bruce McLaren, mm -hmm. which is uh, it's a really cool documentary. Roger Donaldson was also the director of a movie called The World's Fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins, uh, which is an awesome movie. And uh, we have a, a good discussion about Kiwis in motorsport and Bruce McLaren. And uh, stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast is brought to you by Driveline. Driveline is the world's first social driving app coming exclusively to the iPhone. Discover the pleasure of driving, not to get somewhere, but simply to be on the road. Whether you're a longtime driving enthusiast or just someone who wants to discover why driving can be fun, this is the app for you. You can map and classify your favorite driving roads based on style, location, or whether it's a, a a loose surface, a cruise, an off-road trail, while capturing basic metrics and driving data. With Driveline, you can use your phone's camera to capture video of your driver, use an external camera or maybe even a drone, posting those videos to the feed so everyone can see why your time behind the wheel matters or keep them for yourself in your library. You can build a profile, share your cars, track your drives, and earn points towards contests and giveaways. Now... <clears throat> are you new to are you new to an area or looking for new roads to travel? Driveline lets you search for roads in any given area by radius and style. Review the maps, videos, comments, likes, and the point scores of the creator. If you're looking for a loose surface rally style drive, there may be something closer than you think. Check out Driveline in the Apple App Store. Oh, this episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast is brought to you by Forza Motorsport 7. It's here, people. The time has finally come. Forza 7 is here, and guess what? I am in it. Not just me, but a couple of other your other friends from the Smoking Tire Podcast as well. Johnny Lieberman, our favorite bourbon-drinking bearded Jew, is in the game. And uh, some great other voices in motorsport. Look, we've got 700 cars. I want to drive all of them. We've got over 30 tracks, some fictional, some real. Some are true staples of motoring pleasure. And we've got the largest assortment of Ferraris, Porsches, and Lamborghinis ever, including the new GT2 RS. Oh, yeah. 4K, 60 frames per second, HDR, all the good stuff. And Matt Farah's in the game. What? What? Get Forza 7 now at xbox.com slash Forza or ForzaMotorsport.net. And friend us on Xbox Live. It's TST Racing. Uh, Forza Motorsport 7 is the official driving simulator of the Smoke and Tire podcast. What do we got here? Oh, Pro Flowers. It's fall. And you know what happens in the fall? You snuggle up, you make some soup, and you get some flowers for the person you love. Someone who may be obsessed with pumpkin spice lattes and scented candles and leaves and colors. And you found the perfect gift for their birthday, a fresh fall bouquet in their favorite fall Colors, yes, you're going to be a boss. Pro Flowers has the perfect gift for anyone excited about fall. A long-lasting bouquet in their favorite fall colors. Cinnamon, cider, roses, yee-haw! 
a great option for a birthday, an anniversary, or go with one of the classics like a hundred autumn blooms or a dozen autumn roses. You can't lose because no matter which bouquet you get, the listeners get 20% off. 20%, folks. Any Pro Flowers unique bouquet of $29 or more. 20% off. Oh, yeah. Proflowers.com. Code SMOKING. S-M-O-K-I-N-G at checkout. 29%. Jesus, I can't do it. $29 or more. 20% off. Code SMOKING. They're guaranteed to stay fresh for at least seven days or your money back. You control the delivery date. You get more bloom for your buck, big, beautiful flowers, more stems, long-lasting freshness at proflowers.com. Code SMOKING at checkout gets you 20% off. That is nice. Last but not least, it's Harry's Razors. I just brought my Harry's Razors all the way across the world to Europe. Unknown uh, mirror and shower shaving situation. When you're shaving your head, the the situation is important. Can you see the mirror from the shower or not? I had to shave my head blind, literally. Did a full head and face shave in the shower in a hotel in Switzerland. No mirror whatsoever. And even though Harry's Blades have five cartridges, no cuts. It was nice. After that, Afterwards, Harry's Moisturizer kept my skin looking good. Not greasy, not breaking out from shaving every day. Harry's is the best. I love these blades. These blades are the... Top brand quality blades, just like you find at the drugstore, but it's half the price because they cut out the retail middleman and get you these blades over the internet, right? They make them themselves. It's not some private label deal. Harry's makes their own blades, and that's why over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's. I uh, was not so much of a believer in the beginning. In the beginning, I was maybe going through the motions and just reading these ads, but I've spent now two years using these blades, and I truthfully am never going back. I got a year worth of blades. I, I pay for them. They're so cheap that I don't ask for them for free from Harry's. That's how affordable they are. They're so cheap that even though I could probably get all the free blades I ever needed, I just bought them because it was easier. 60 bucks for a whole year of blades. Get your free trial offer. Here's what I'm going to do for you. $13 value for free when you sign up at harrys.com. The free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, a cartridge with five precision engineer blades, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, harrys.com slash tire. harrys.com slash tire. I got it for you right now. And uh, let's return to the show with my interview with film director Roger Donaldson. Okay, it is uh, my distinct pleasure on the smoking tire today to uh, have a discussion about uh, the legend Bruce McLaren with uh, Mr. Roger Donaldson, the director of the new documentary McLaren, which is out now. Is it out now? It yet? is out. Yeah, just came out. Welcome came to out. the studio, sir. It's nice yeah. to meet you. Thanks very much. Uh, it's my pleasure to speak with anyone about McLarens because I yeah. love the cars. No, they're quite an awesome car. And uh, they sent me a screener. So I oh, have good, I have good. seen the film. I watched it the other night with my girlfriend. It is yeah. quite good. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, let's uh, let's start from the beginning because you sound like a Kiwi or an Aussie. Are you an Aussie well, or a Kiwi? I'm both. You're both. I know that sounds a bit of a stretch, but I was born in Australia. I went to New Zealand when I was 19, lived there for a long time. Okay. Started making movies there, and uh, now I live here. 
So what do you what do you call home? L.A. is L.A. your LA's home right home, now? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. L.A. is home for me too. I grew yeah. up in New York, and uh, as you you have uh, you've made this documentary about Bruce McLaren, and uh, he's an interesting character. He's a very dynamic man, and obviously the 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 name on which, um, you know, the company uh, the the company is uh, right. is uh, is founded. And so uh, I uh, I want to know: Are you did you approach it as a fan of the cars as a fan of the uh uh the racing the formula one or as a kiwi or national pride where did you come from well i think it's probably true to say all of those fronts i mean first of all i'm a filmmaker and i'm interested in you know anything that's sort of you know got a, some, a, a little bit of an angle to it um i haven't made any documentaries for many years and uh, i've been making feature films and so this was something different um, I've always been interested in automobiles, cars, fast cars, um, and uh, McLaren. You know, because of my connection with New Zealand, I was aware that people really did not seem to know that McLaren was, you know, started off in New Kiwi. Zealand. It, well, it's associated with England, I yeah, think. Yeah, well, and, of course, uh, that's where he started his real career. But and that the logo on the McLaren is in fact a stylized kiwi, the the national bird of of New Zealand. It's it's not. Anymore now, oh, it, now it looks depends like, if you're a New Zealander. Now or not. it looks like a cellular organism of some kind. Yeah, let's well, let's hang have on a, a look second. at it. McLaren logo. I, I'm sorry, we don't have a producer today, so I am uh, I'm in charge of all things Google. Okay, so here we go. Here is uh, that if you're from New Zealand is a stylized kiwi. So this is a stylized kiwi. Yep. That right? How is that a stylized well, kiwi? Well, you got to look at the kiwi bird to sort of get the impression of it. But the left hand side at the top is the beak, and the bottom is the f you know the feet, and it's sort of got a shape quite like that. Got to tell you, Roger, I'm not buying it. Uh, <laughs> I love New Zealand and I love kiwis, but I'm not uh, buying that. Well, you know, uh, the, the original logo was really a kiwi. Yeah, yeah. The and, original and logo. That's how was it uh, you know started out, and that's how it got modified to that. Uh, I'm looking up. Uh, the original logo, which which really was like uh, here it is right. Yeah. Is this it? Me? Oh, that's not a good. I picked the wrong image. It was too small. And there there were a number of other uh, stylized. The guy that designed that uh, logo, he did a number of stylized kiwis, and they were. You could see the evolution from that to. Yeah. The, I really like this logo. I think this is a cool classic well, logo. It is a car. It is an amazing logo. That one. Yeah, too. and in fact, I actually I really like at the very the top part of this logo this sort of head-on look yeah, of, of the of a uh, Cooper of a is that is well, that, was that, that the, Cooper? the cars of that time? I mean, the first McLaren was in fact a Cooper. Yeah, he sort of like you know Enzo Ferrari started by kind of running with uh, with Alfa yeah. Romeo. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Bruce McLaren yep. started by racing Coopers. Yep. Um, so wait, so to go, so you're a you're a racing fan. I am. Uh, I, I saw Bruce race in uh, when I was a boy. Uh, my dad was crazy about car racing, and um, I remember going to Sandown Park in outside Melbourne and seeing Bruce race against uh, uh, Jack Brabham. Um, so I saw him race. Then uh, in the uh, nineteen early nineteen eighties, I made a movie called Smash Palace that was about a race car driver. I have, I'm sorry to admit that I've not heard of this movie. Can oh, I still find well, it? Can I? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a classic. You know, that's how I got to be here. In fact, the movie had went down well with the American critics at the time. Roger Ebert put it on his ten best list for the year. And Smash Palace. Smash, Smash Palace. I got. I have to see. Uh, I have to see what Smash Palace is about. Uh, here we go. 1982. Yeah. IMDb. Yeah. 
Wait, let's, where, are we? Uh, where are we at? Here we go. Sorry. Trying to do a couple things at once. There, yeah. here's, our, here's our IMDb for Smash Palace. 7.2 out of 10, Roger. Oh, yeah. Not bad after all these years. No, and um, anyway, uh, Steve Mellon, uh, who I I'm love sure Steve you know Mellon. Steve. Yeah, well, Steve's he's a, a good gentleman. friend of mine. And in that movie, he drives the uh, the race car in the movie. And that's sort of, well, I met him doing car commercials in New Zealand. But he drives the race car uh, for stunt sequences. Not he's, he's not the actor. Well, no, he's not the actor. Okay. But in fact, the movie's about... New Zealand uh, Grand Prix series oh. at the time. Oh. And uh, we sponsored Steve's car in the series, and he won the series, thank God, because that was the sort <laughs> really of helps sell of the, the movie, movie, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, so uh, I was, when I was making Smash Palace, um, I needed a car for the movie that looked like sort of, you know, I wanted a still photograph of somebody against something, you know, quite exotic. Because of the, the story of this was about an Ameri- uh, was about a European race car driver who comes back home to try and you know settle down, and uh, um, Bruce McLaren's father lent me the uh, G6 G8 G6 GT, the first road car. The first McLaren. The very first car. McLaren, of which there was only one copy, um, is in my movie Smash Palace, lent to so me cool. by Bruce's father. Oh, that's so cool. So I you know, and Bruce's father had a uh, was it Pop Pop yeah, McLaren yeah, yeah. right he was he was a, just kind of a local mechanic and, and well he had a, a yeah, more than a mechanic I mean he was um you know he'd had garages oh, in uh, you know Renuera in Auckland and uh, Teata too apologize and um, you know he had a big connection to the car racing scene in New Zealand at the time well it, what I love I've been to New Zealand yep oh good I, and I as a car guy I firmly believe. In uh, in a pilgrimage to New Zealand, it's the the motorsport. They are pretty crazy so, about their cars there. It's so crazy. They really are. And uh, the the government and the way the country is set up seems to be pretty car friendly yes. in general. They're yeah. friendly towards tuners and racers, and so yeah. they allow hill climbs and street sprints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of amateur motorsport down there. There is. Frankly, I'm surprised we don't get. I mean, other than the Millens and the McLaren. There's not a lot of, uh, at least in modern times, a lot of really famous. Uh, Mad Mike Widette, uh is a is a Pikes Peak guy and a drifter, yeah, but that's yeah. not a lot of New Zealand uh, racing drivers these um, days. Well, at least the, the guys the, the guys that won Le Mans this year and last year in the Porsche were New Zealanders. Who? Uh, which? Who is it? You have to. Oh, now we got to look. Porsche 919, right? Um, Scott Dixon's a New Zealander. Oh, is he? Yeah. I don't think about him. So I think you Zealander. should take those words back. I think back. I need... All right. I rescind. I, I rescind. I 100% rescind. Uh, Le Mans winning team. Uh, I want to find out uh, who, who who is driving this car. And the Porsche. And for Porsche, they, have, they won. Who's driving it? Oh, come on. Come on. Where is it? It wasn't this year. It was definitely the last year. I know they won. All I want is the driver's list. Come on. All right. Well, we'll come back. Oh, okay. winners. List of Lamar winners. Here we go. Timo Bernhard, Brandon Hart, Brandon Hartley. Oh, yeah. Er- Earl Bamber. Mm-hmm. The- Brandon Hartley and Earl Bamber. Mm-hmm. Timo's a German. But the other two have Kiwis right. next to their have a, a yep. place. Okay, so I stand. You take that back, Mr. Donaldson. I apologize to you, sir. And then, of course, in the V8 uh, stuff, racing in Australia, you True. know, there's a lot of New Zealanders in that in series. a V8 supercar. Yeah, I wish they would bring some of that here. That's pretty exciting stuff. And it it's got what 
it's got what road course guys loves, and I, even like a NASCAR guy could, oh, I feel no, like no. could get behind. If it. you can ever get to the Bathurst, I think it's called the Bathurst yeah, One Thousand. That's the one. You right? never see better car racing. Uh, it's it's like a pack for Insane. a thousand miles. It's All right, craziness. And that track is one of the best circuits. No, in the world. I've been. I went there as a kid the first time, and it was called the Bathurst Five Hundred. When, when it was miles, and not kilometers. they said, kilometers. you know what? Let's. Oh, it was just switched from miles to kilometers. Yeah. They made it slightly longer. They made it a bit longer. and But um, there's some awesome, you know, dropaways, you know, with the road. The cars just get airborne as they come over some of the hills. And I haven't been, but a friend of mine was there and said that, that those downhill S's make, oh. the, make the corkscrew at Lime Rock. Then there's Rock a big downhill, like... you know, straight that, you know, mm-hmm. the cars, you know, cracking 200 down. Just craziness. So you you are you're a racing fan. You're yeah, definitely yeah, a racing yeah. fan. I've had my you know flash cars. <laughs> I, had, I had a Ferrari. Did you? I had a three hundred eight. One of the very early three hundred eights, the fiberglass ones, of which I think they only made about fifty. They're they are very rare. I and had they are worth big dollars. DB four Aston Martin. Oh. That was you know they only made a three hundred fifty of those. I think. Yeah, a man of taste. What about now? Uh, you these days. <laughs> the, the last car that I was sort of proud to own was um, a WRX STI. Oh okay. So you You're know, a bit I've, of, I've a tried bit, them all. Bit of a hooligan. A couple of Porsches. You now know. you live in Los Angeles. Is it Tesla yeah. or Prius for you? No, no, no. Right now, I had a I had a five series, the M five series, but a, a diesel. But oh, the M five fifty D or whatever it was. Well, yeah, it was it was a, it was a lovely car to drive. It just you know, it's to get around. Yeah, it's good. Listen, I have. I take it out to the out to uh, you know Willow Springs now and then and have a strop with my mates in it. I've I've given up in L A. I have I have a I have a car for. For the weekends and the, the canyons and the track, and then I have a whole other car for sitting yeah. in traffic. You just I've no, given I know up it's two different to sorts of driving. The fun cars. New Zealand, I, I as because I road trip New Zealand. Getting from place to place in New Zealand is like a, no. a joyous occasion. Yeah. Some of the best roads in the world down there. Driving through the South Island of New Zealand is as good as it gets. It's there. There is truly no. Let's. I'm just gonna Google South Island New Zealand road trip and just just see what kind of google images come up of south island new zealand road trip which yep through the through the high country you know up through every, central otago and this this loop right here that is can be seen in this google search is a must do must do absolutely i've done it many times is that that's like a popular vacation pretty much it is for, yeah uh, i mean i'm a bit of a like i'll do anything for a road trip but um Right here, this is like a standard issue view. Exactly. Like you good, come it? around every corner, and that's what you're seeing you in the see, south you know, around the edge of uh, Lake Wakatipu. I think that is. That's a, it's just amazing. It's every ecosystem no, you can imagine. It's, it's an amazing country. Oh, I love it. I love it. So back to uh, how New Zealand breeds motorsport. It, it started, you know, because they couldn't get parts. They had to learn to make Yeah, I really think stuff. that's where it started. Back in the, I guess, the 50s and earlier, you know, the the uh, New Zealand was a fairly, you know, wasn't exactly a wealthy country. There were severe restrictions on foreign uh, currency transactions. So people couldn't get cars in from overseas and they would, um, they had to fix things. So there was this sort of number eight wire mentality is how it's described down there. Yeah, what's, you, the, what's the phrase? Well, the number eight wire. <laughs> you fix it with <laughs> number eight wire. Here we have duct tape. Exactly. You know, so, so the idea was that you, you, know, you had to be able to fix anything. And they did. And you know, there's a lot of very talented, um, innovative engineers down there that have done um, you know, a lot of interesting things over the years. Who is the motor? Britain. John Britain. John Britain. The motorcycle guy? Yeah, yeah. That story is unreal. Yeah. 
he well one of the guys that I made a movie about uh, Burt Monroe on the world's fastest oh. Indian I'm sorry did you make the world's fastest yeah. Indian holy shit I didn't realize that oh. I should have done more homework and now I'm embarrassed alright okay but that movie is awesome Thank I've seen it much. many times oh uh, good I'm a huge fan of the movie um, and of Burt Monroe in general. Oh, good. And I was just out of Bonneville two weekends ago watching the uh, Indian Motorcycle Company. They built a, a tribute bike to uh, Burt. Was it and his son running. or grandson? Right well, a, 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 a re relation. I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure of what uh, Lee Munro's connection to his Burt was, but it's, it's some you know direct connection. It was a motorcycle of some kind. So, uh, or, uh, a, a, a relation. And then, of course, the John Britton bikes. The Britton bikes were built by... The guy that uh, built my replica Indian. So, so this guy John Britton was a legend. A legend. He, I think, he only built ten bikes. I uh, maybe not even maybe I think seven one, or, or ten. I think there's ten, and I think one recently sold for around a million bucks. So he built his own. Look at the header on that no, no, bike, no. by I the mean, way. That, that, was is, a, that was an incredible bike for its time. And uh, he built this thing himself. Yep. I think he cast his own engine. No, no, no. He was, he was, was uh, you know, a very, very talented engineer. And he went and to Europe went and to Europe. won. <laughs> I think, uh, I also think, I think the Daytona 200 and races like that. And then uh, he got sick. Was it cancer at a I very young cancer, age and passed away? I think mid-40s. Yeah, very young. Um, and it's so sad, but there's a museum now, I believe, mm -hmm. in New Zealand uh, for him. But that this guy and Bert Monroe... Pretty much, that's what New Zealand is about. Yeah. Just make it work, yeah. get it done. And that goes on today. I went to New Zealand and I hung out with these car clubs, uh, the Hut Valley Motorsport oh, Club. Oh, yeah. Do you know those well, guys? I don't know those guys specifically, but I do know what's going on with the, down in Invercargill at the bottom there. You know, now yeah. they have a, 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 week, a couple of weekends you know, devoted to um, re bike racing. On the beach. On the beach and on through the streets and hill climbs and stuff like that as a result of the... Of the uh, movie I made, that, that's you know, so sort of cool. That must feel great. Yeah, I mean, I, it definitely the the everyone who I hear where the word Invercargill comes up, they think the world's fast Indian. That's, that's right. You yeah. have, you created that. We well, put that place on the map. You really did. And now <laughs> it's on. Now it's like a destination. No, right? no, absolutely. Now, now people go there, and it's like I believe Time Magazine said it was one of the must-do things you in your bucket list. And you can see um, Southern Lights there too, can't it's, you? It's a long way south. Yeah. Yep. The uh, the guys in the Hutt Valley Motorsport Club, it was so interesting because, you know, there's a dozen of them, right? And yeah. each one has a specialty. So one guy can cast manifolds and one guy can lay carbon fiber and one guy does ECU tuning and one guy can do alignments. And they they all just pass no. their cars around uh, to each other. Yeah. And, uh, and they all work on their cars like no. that and they make everything. It's amazing. No, there's a lot of very passionate people in the motor business down there. I mean, um, Rod Miller, you know, he has his Leadfoot mm -hmm. Festival. I every went. Year. It was incredible. Oh, well, it's I've never incredible. been, but I know Rod well. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that really does is bring people back to New Zealand to, uh, you know, experience some of the driving fun to be had down there. So less, the Leadfoot Festival is, is a hill climb that's sort of like a mini Goodwood. And it's literally in Rod Millen's. Oh, join our newsletter. It's literally in Rod Millen's driveway. Yeah, yeah. He's got um, a farm. <laughs> he's got this farm with, I think, a 1.2 kilometer right. driveway. And he invites people out, and it's like, it's the mellowest vibe. It's like a good wood that no one's ever heard of. And, oh, look, you can have, get married. married at, you can get married at his ranch oh. while you're down there. And, oh, here's his. Uh, can we get. Come on, internet. 
Here's his, uh, look at this. They do and drifting you can, up you the can hill. leave some rubber on the road. They do drifting. They run like off-road trucks. No, and, no. and it's so cool. And it's, it is the chillest vibe you can imagine. They'll let you rail, like, fly a drone right over the course. They don't care. No. It's just, it's great. It was so no. good. I love New Zealand motorsport. No, I, would, it, I would do a year back there. No, no, no. Easy. It's, it's good cars are appreciated down there. 100%. 100%. So, back to the movie. Other than all of these things throughout your life that make you want to bring out the New Zealand motorsport mentality, what, what are some of the things that made Bruce uh, McLaren special? Well, I think, you know, the, what made him special from the very beginning was that he was obviously quite an extraordinary young guy. Um, as a boy, he was struck down with a, a disease called Perthes disease where he was invalided for two years. He was in the... Um, Wilson Home for Crippled Children in Auckland. They actually called it that. That's that, exactly what it was called. There was not a lot of political correctness. No, well, those words have sort of changed, you know, but that's what it was called, the Wilson Home for Crippled Children. And um, Bruce was strapped to a to a uh, gurney, I guess it was, for a couple of years, um, trying to, you know, make sure that he didn't become, you know, unable to walk. Um, he's, things like his dad would... Uh, Got a pickup truck and would put him on the back of the pickup truck and take him out to the beach for the for a trip to the beach out to Muriwai Beach. Well, this um, is here. This is I don't know who this woman is, but is that is that a member of the family here? This is uh, that this might is be his daughter. this is seems that like Amanda. That could that's be Amanda. Car. That, that was his first race car, which was an Austin Seven, an Austin I think. Seven, yeah. And then this is actually at the MTC, the McLaren yeah, Technical yeah, that, Center. That, the original car is there now at the yeah. McLaren headquarters. I saw it there when I went. Yeah. It was extremely cool no, to no, see. And then there's a video of Bruce like wailing the thing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing. So he, it, it's weird, like. The whole movie, what did he die at, 35? 32. 32. Like, he he was a kid when he died. No, no. He so like, when he, I mean, he, so at a very early age, like 15, he was racing, uh, he would race against his father, and then he became, you know, his father was also a pretty good driver too. But pretty quickly, Bruce was faster than his dad, so his dad would let him drive the car in, you know, these hill climbs and uh, whatever. And uh, then they upgraded to, uh, they got themselves an Austin Healy, I believe. And then they got, uh, um, what was it, a Cooper, a Cooper um, you know, sports car. Yeah, the, it was like an open they, wheeler. Yeah, open wheeler. no, not an open wheeler. It was a, f a closed in one that they bought off Jack Brabham. Um, when Jack Brabham would come over to um, New Zealand, he would stay with the, with the McLaren. Oh, yeah, because he was storing cars with yes. them, right? Yes, yes, yes. And... Um, in the, in my movie, there's some pictures of Bruce driving that uh, Cooper in uh, hill climbs. Um, looking for pictures right now. I'm trying to do two things at once. Yeah. I'm trying to do. Be, what are we? Wait, where's the closed wheel car? Uh, here's a lot of open wheel Coopers. Yeah, no, it was, it was a closed one. Well, uh, oh, this? No, that's like a. That looks like a Jaguar D-type. Yeah, it looked a bit like a Jaguar. Oh. Yeah, that's the sort of car I want. Okay, well, yeah. we're going to go with that. Here we go. I think that might be... That one. could that could be it. It's a very pretty looking car. Yeah, Single yeah, seater yeah, in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool looking car. I'd race that. It looks no. awesome. And um, Bruce uh, was doing very well. Anyway, Jack Brabham... Um, Sort of initiated with the uh, with the New Zealand Car Club, I guess they probably were uh, a driver to Europe scheme, and there were three young guys who were up for this award. One of them was uh, Bruce, 
and uh, Phil Kerr was the other one who was a very good friend of Bruce's, um, who was in my film, interviewed uh, and became really part of Bruce's life forever. Um, anyway, Bruce won the uh, Driver to Europe uh, award, award, whatever it was. Yeah. it was. Off he went to Europe. His best friend, Colin Beanland, his parents said, hey, you better take Colin with you to keep an eye on you. And these two guys... <laughs> he took him as a mechanic He didn't, and he they, didn't know how to work on never cars. never worked right? on cars, really. He worked in his dad's, uh, you know, parts um, warehouse. He's really good at ordering um, cars, though. They went off to London together. Um, they flattered together uh, just around the corner from the Cooper, at the Cooper Car Factory. And... Um, they started racing these open wheel guys, which looked like from your film. Yeah, so oh, first, off, first off, he started riding and driving, um, yeah, that's a, a Formula 2 cars. That's a great and picture. He, uh, Monica? In, uh, it looks a bit like Monica, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. At, uh, I think that might be a Formula 1 car, though. It could be. Engine, I don't know. Anyway, he, he went off. Formula two. So, so you know, his first big race as a Formula Two driver was at the Nurburgring when it was the long track, mm -hmm. and uh, um, I think it was a you know very tough race. I think there was a Ferrari driver killed in the race. Peter Collins, I believe it was. I remember someone someone was killed. I don't, do not recall the name. Um, but anyway, he uh, moved up through the ranks and won the Formula Two part of the race and beaten quite a few of the Formula One drivers in the same race. So from the success of that um, that very demanding race, you know, Bruce was on his way to a you know a big career. So, at what point does the do you would you say you put him more as a, a constructor first or a driver first? Well, as an he, engineer? He, uh, his passion at the beginning was engineering as well as driving. Mm -hmm. He was damn good at both. And uh, when he teamed up with uh, Jack Brabham, both, you know, he was second driver to Jack Brabham at Cooper's. Um, the Both of those guys were very talented engineers as well as, you know, ex, you know, expert drivers. And together they were a formidable couple. And, you know, in the in the heydays of the Cooper car company in Formula One, they really did dominate. Did, um you know, for those not quite as nerdy as the, the two of us uh, Cooper you know there were there were a lot of Cooper was a was a Formula One constructor uh, now defunct but the name kind of lives on in the John Cooper works uh, minis right John yeah, Cooper, Cooper minis that's where it all came from yeah it all it all came uh, that Mini all Cooper, yeah. to uh, to uh, to the Cooper Formula One cars um, I remember my sister about 1960 she bought herself a Mini Cooper it was the first time I'd ever been over 100 miles an hour with my sister <laughs> driving us out the main road out, out, outside Ballarat where we lived those minis, they'll get you in trouble. There's no. certain cars that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a fast car, if it's a slow car, but when you get in it, you know, you have no choice but to go as fast no, as that, Those Mini Coopers were pretty dramatic. I bought a, a John Cooper Works Mini in 2006, oh. one oh, of the wow. modern ones, oh, wow. supercharged one, and I got a ticket on the way home from the dealership oh. going, I shit you not, Ninety. I was going ninety-six and a fifty. On the oh. way, like ten miles from the dealer. Oh, the did you, you didn't plead, sort of like just yeah. <laughs> compassion. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I, I've, if I'm honest, I don't think many uh, have have really done the John Cooper Works uh, name a whole lot of justice with their their current crop 
of John Cooper Works vehicles. Well, of course, the first ones were so iconic and yeah. so revolutionary. I mean, that sideways engine, the, sh the size of the cars, the speed of them, the handling. They were such a dramatic change in, in car design yeah. when they came out. And it's hard to keep up with that sort of innovation. I, 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 you're right. It is. But even the, when, the, when the first modern ones um, came out, they were ridiculously fun. Mm -hmm. I think um, they, they fell a little bit downhill ever since then. Here's a good, oh, here's a, here's a good one for you. Here's a good classic. Oh yeah, yeah. A good, here, here's, what, here's a, you and your that's sister. Me and my sister. This is you and your sister right here. Yep. You going? Where's the door handle? And your exactly. sister God. smiling and going. going yes, I am always, a rally driver. Yeah, my sister's always been a lead foot, but she yeah. loved that car. <laughs> that's great. Um, God, it was, he, it was such a uh, oh, cops. Yeah, once in a while, there's you know, every once in a while, there's a drive by or something out here. We're Singlewood, you know. True. There was a drive-by over oh there, really, <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah, but oh, it, wow. yeah, it, it sorted itself out. It was five. It was five in the door, like <gasps> this. That some wow. whatever that whatever that guy did, he had it coming because the guy who came for him didn't miss. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, can we talk about World's Fastest Indian for a minute? Absolutely. I, yeah. I haven't seen the film in probably a year, but I want to go back to it because. Oh my God, Anthony Hopkins playing uh, one of your country's national yeah, icons. Yeah. That's got to be something really special. No, Tony and I go way back. We did a movie called The Bounty, Mel Gibson, oh, Tony yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. Back uh, was the, the first movie I made when I came over here, actually. Really? Was The Bounty? Yeah. yeah. So you had a, rep uh, a rapport, as it were, yes. when, when you went to do So, uh, you know, we. Um, in fact, if we went back to when we did the bounty, we vowed we would never work together again. We How did that, why, it was why such a that? tough movie to make. It was like we don't want to do that again. And then over the years wore by, you know, the sort of became like our war stories. Yeah, uh, and we became good friends. And um, together, you know, we did uh, the world's fastest Indian. He he played that character amazing. He did a great job a because great job. I made a documentary called Offerings to the God of Speed back the back in 1971. I came to Bonneville with. With the real Bert, uh -huh. and uh, that documentary, um, uh, Tony used it for when he was, you know, like brushing up on his Bert accent because yeah. Bert had a very particular sort of English, uh, well, a strange Scottish sort of twi twist to his to his accent as well as you know a little bit of American from his trips over here. Because he, had, Bert Monroe, actually came to America many times. Yeah, it was he wasn't. I feel like in the film he almost comes off as like a bumpkin, but he's not. He's he's like a genius. Well, he was he he, uh, he had this sort of naive streak where the word no wasn't in his vocabulary. He would yeah. roll up anywhere. He would chat up any lady who would stop to talk to him. He would and and he had this sort of uncanny, you know, in instinct about you know about how to build stuff and mm -hmm. what could make things go faster and aerodynamics and. He was an interesting, interesting guy. Well, but he for did the, live for those who have never heard, Bert Monroe uh, was a very famous New Zealand land speed record holder on motorcycles. Yep. Yep. And he was riding a very old Indian motorcycle that he had modified himself to an insane degree. He'd bought a new in 1919, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same bike. I, I actually did a book about him. And he, set re he was setting records in like the 60s. Oh, no, he was setting records from the day he bought this bike. Really? Before, well, well, you know, hill climbs and well, he no, would what period? What the the movie is? Well, oh, the movie's from the sixties. It's from the sixties, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah. the bike is forty years old by yes. the time he's yeah, setting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's got records that still stand. The 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 fastest he ever went still is still a record in the record book. It's still a record, right? Yeah, yeah, which was two 
is it two? It's 180 something, 87 or something in two directions. On on in what CC bike? In some under a thousand under CC a very with, small with motor. Uh, you know standard fuel. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. No, the no, fact it's that a pretty awesome to, thing. Uh, and um, if you see the bike, if you go online, you can probably oh, yeah. see it. I'll I'll, uh, I'll um, pull that up. I forgot I had two jobs today. Yeah, it's two jobs. Um, in fact, we had it. Out, we had the replica bike out at uh, Bonneville the other day. Here is. Let's, I'm trying. I, now I have to sort where the real Burt Monroe is versus so, okay, the one with a cutaway. See that? This. See that bike? See him standing there? Here. That one in the green trousers. Green. Green trousers. Yeah, there, there we go. Okay. Oh, so here's the bike okay, naked. That's okay, the, cool. That's him at the at the bottom. That's him. God Bonner. damn, Anthony Hopkins looks he had a, just like him. No, he does. And, <laughs> it's amazing. And he had a, then he had a, 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 a fiberglass shell that went over the. Yeah, the the shell the looked kind of like a torpedo. And yeah. I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna take this. Here, I'll, pull, I'll just gonna go here. Is this? I can't even tell if this is Anthony. Well, that's Hopkins. that's Tony Hopkins. That's Hopkins. Yeah. Okay, but that's basically what the bike looked like, mm -hmm. uh, with this torpedo thing over it. Yeah. And uh, where are we here? And that's what it looked like underneath. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and it still had a leaf spring out the front. You can see that rigid rear end. Oh, this thing must have been brutal to ride. It. it must have been absolutely brutal to ride. And he, ref he refused to wear proper fire. Well, he, I mean, that was after they, they'd got him some fire, you know, some leathers. But he literally rode in his suit pants. <laughs> his wool you know, suit he had pants. Tucked into his socks, you know, and he, he wore sneakers, you know, because he... He said, and, if it's good, uh, the line in the movie, I think, is if it's good enough for me to get married in, it's good enough to ride my bike in. Those are, those are the sort of words that Bert would have said. Was, in the movie, anyway, Bert Monroe, here's a, here's a great Tony Hopkins. Let's, I'll just go, oh, we'll go back to him for a second. Uh, in the movie, Bert Monroe comes off as like, just kind of stubborn, but instantly likable by yeah, every single that, person he that's meets. That's the sort of charm that the real guy had. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Kiwis are like that. I feel like a lot of well, Kiwis I think are they, just... you know, it's a small country, and they're um, proud of their country, and yet they're sort of <coughs> most people in New Zealand have been overseas, so they're not, you know, it's not too parochial yeah. for the size of the place and its isolation. It's a long way from anywhere, so you know, they uh, people don't feel threatened by Kiwis. I think you know they they you know I know when I came over here, everybody was incredibly welcoming to me. They. I just think they come off so friendly. They're always they're just the friendliest people. The when you were making though, excuse me, I just like inhaled water. <coughs> excuse me. When you're doing um, you know the Bonneville scenes mm -hmm. in World's Fastest mm -hmm. Indian, do you go and call up the old school Bonneville friends and have them come out and well, say that's, you need, we need some? Uh, that's some how scenery. we did it. I mean, that's how I got sort of into the Bonneville. You know, knowing all about Bonneville was from the first movie. From the, the 70s, right? well, I met people in the seventies. And then when I was doing the feature film, you know, there were a lot of people who were very helpful to me, you know, like the, um, you know, um, Danny Thompson and, you know, his dad's Challenger and things like that that we got out there on the salt. In fact, I saw Danny run the other day with his Challenger 2 at uh, Bonneville. Oh, really? He did, I think, 440 or something. These guys are out of their minds. Man, it's that unbelievable. Fast. It's unbelievable. Do you ever go out to, uh, to El Mirage as well? You know what? I've never been there. I can't believe it. No, I've got to go. El Mirage is great for two reasons. One is if you've got your own car, on an off day, you pay 15 bucks to get in. You go as fast as you want. Oh, really? I yeah. never knew that. It's brilliant. Yeah. 3.2 miles. I had uh, 187 in a Porsche Panamera Turbo. Oh, wow. Race. 
and yeah, pay 15 bucks, no problem. How, how fast? 187 miles oh. an hour. Oh. It was good. Car gets real dusty. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, it's like a bit of somebody else's. Yeah, I know it was a press car. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we went to watch the races once, and yep. we watched yeah, four or five hours of racing. And when I tell you about this storm, <laughs> like a dust storm oh, rolled no, in, no, no. and it was like a wall, you know, just oh, one of those yeah. walls of sand that came across and just just, just oh. wrecked everything and sent everyone packing and running. It was oh, wild. Yeah. But, you know, th- what's crazy is that these guys, you know, there's like vintage uh, uh, at El Mirage, yep. I'm sure at Bonneville. Yeah, yeah. And you go out in these belly tanker things. No, I mean, I've, uh, I've been going to Bonneville since 71, so... There's still vehicles that were there in 71 still out there on the salt. They're still running. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still running with, you know, period engines like no. this. This is a picture. This picture is taken very recently. That's a modern truck right there. Yeah. And uh, and uh, let's assume that was made in I th- 1950. I, I think that was like, the you know, the, the, these belly tanker. Yeah. Um, speedsters, you know, that... Um, that was, that was a fuel I don't know tank from like... I don't know if 1952 is, you know... It's I don't know if that was the year, year. but... Uh, but, but they made them out of the fuel tanks of planes, I think. Yeah, they, the drop tanks. Yeah. Here's, a, here's one. This one's great. This is like a SoCal speed yeah. shop livery with an old 50s truck doing oh. a push start. I like that. That's great. So, mm. you, so you go to Bonneville with the real Burt Monroe. Then you go back... With the pretend Burt Monroe, yep. the Oscar-winning pretend yep. and Burt recreate Monroe, and recreate and recreate the so, real the real thing. Yeah. So do you are there are there exact you know exact recreated scenes or is the whole thing you know dramatized a bit? Well, uh, you know, I was trying to recreate what I saw when I went there in '71, um, but uh, but also you know the, I mean like in the in the movie you know he goes he goes so fast and he crashes the bike and his yeah. glasses get b- blown off all of those things really happened to him but they didn't all happen on the same run oh okay so you com- you you combined that a yeah. couple things yeah. into one thing um that's uh it's just to be able to witness that kind of stuff in person though no it was fun was spectacular Being, no did it did it see? I mean, the movie obviously makes you know when you add a soundtrack and yeah. you add editing, it makes the moment feel incredibly special uh, and climactic. Did it? Did it? Did it feel like you were doing something? Oh special no! It, when you're there it, no, it did. It, it, no, it definitely did. And you know, things like uh, you know the bike that crashes. You know, it was a really you know quite a dangerous stunt to pull off. And yeah. It, you know, the fact the guy did hurt himself doing the stunt broke his collarbone. Oh, did he really? Um, so you know, it wasn't without its dramas. We uh, we were uh, we had a helicopter crash while we were shooting it. At um, miracle that nobody was killed. It ran. It flew into some power lines, chasing. No way. Chasing. Um, just chasing the road car. Not chasing up the, the road, road car up the road. Just just driving the fifties car, pulling yeah. a trailer. Even the, yeah. even like a fairly mundane day at the. No, day I know. So you know, helicopters. I know. That's crazy. I, like, I always like the Burt Monroe trailer fix in the movie with the log. That's a true story. The, the, the log. That's a so, true story. I don't know. I don't know if I can. Let oh, me yeah. see if I can find an image of this Burt. Well, that's the sort of guy he was. You know, that's. You uh, know. I don't know if I can find an image of Burt Monroe's trailer repair. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, here is that? No, it's a stick. Where is this? It? No, it's the actual trailer. Yeah. I want to find it because a, a no, wheel falls a, off his trailer and he. Uses a, a log, replaces the wheel with a log. Is this the actual trailer? That's actually his, that's his actual trailer. Yeah. 
That's a, I mean, sweet rig, Bert. <laughs> That's a nice rig. But one of the wheels fell off, and he just rigs a stick up and drives, I don't know, no, long way. water miles with a stick. <laughs> and, you know, every now and then he'd have to stop and feed a bit more stick out because it would, you know, wear <laughs> like off. A and pencil and in, in the movie, you can see, you know, the smoke off the, off the stick is real. <laughs> Practical effects. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, but you know that that's a cool that's a cool story of inspiration. So uh, back to back to Bruce McLaren, um, you know what is you know what's the most important thing about Bruce McLaren that you wanted to get across in this film? You think? Well, you know, I think uh, I mean first of all, you know, the McLaren car company lives on to this day and is making some incredible cars, and you know, the name McLaren is you know started all with Bruce. Bruce, you know, was killed at uh, Goodwood in. In 1970, at the age of 32, so you know he's he's um, you know he he just come back from uh, Indianapolis. They were had their first attempt to run at Indianapolis. Uh, they had a disaster with uh, one of the cars catching fire when the a fuel tank popped open and oh yeah, um, you know that sort of changed history for Bruce really. The um Oh, here's uh he because it so it was there's there's the Formula One angle, but then it really well he was doing for, the, the Can Am. The Can Am was really where he really really dominated. And uh, and then the, uh, the, the famous McLaren Can Am car, yeah. which oh is that's that pretty? the one that's they built after the one that crashed because it's got the new uh, different um, different arrow or something. Aerodynamic the the uh, wing is different. Huh. All right. Let's see. But maybe we can find another one. Uh, if you see a car that. with number five, that'll be probably a here's number five. Denny Holmes car. Yeah, here's uh, what. Well, never mind. It's pretty dumb. sorry. <laughs> it's <a> sorry. Wah <laughs> wah. Um, the Can Am stuff was nuts. It was basically an unlimited class, it right? It was a very you know <laughs> spectacular sort of form of auto racing. Yeah, popular here in America and Canada, uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and. Um, you know, it was and it was very competitive, and people, you know, a lot of the European drivers, you know, Surtees and Moss, and um, I don't know if Moss actually raced there, but he would come over for it. But Surtees, you know, Mario Andretti, people like that, Moss and Barker, Formula One drivers, unlimited powertrains, yep. thousand horsepower, eight hundred horsepower, crazy engines, and wedge shapes, early yeah. aerodynamics, and go like stink, sort of guesswork at aerodynamics, exactly. But Can Am is where we got cars like. That the the sucker cars, you know the chaparral yeah, stuff. Yeah, all really, that stuff. Really you know, Dan Gurney, you know, Dan Gurney's car, and uh, yeah. all those. Um, what was his name? Chaparral. Yeah, chaparral. Those uh, cars are awesome. With the with the side skirts, yeah, and the sucker yeah, yeah. fans. No, no, and, no yeah. there were a lot of very innovative stuff was happening. Yeah. They have rules now. You can't you can't just run that kind of stuff. That's right. Where, I guess you have to go to like uh, Pikes Peak. Mm -hmm. Or uh, somewhere with like an unlimited time attack, unlimited time attack kind of thing, yep. where you'd find cars without rules. Yeah, or the, or the Leadfoot Festival. I still, I can't believe thirty-two. I mean, he was like 32, a, a and, team you know, principal, like a constructor. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, what he did was sort of beyond. I mean, you would have thought he was fifty-two with what he managed to yeah. pull off. I a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And of he, course, his mates were devastated when he passed away. You know, they were. They'd, you know, quite a few of them had been with him since he was a teenager. I mean, I can, I mean, it must be these guys. You've seen, I imagine the, I've, I imagine you've seen the the documentary one, the number one. I, I, you know, I haven't seen it. It is 
Uh, it is, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it's uh, narrated uh, by Michael Fassbender. Yep. And uh, it's just one of those documentaries that has it's got spectacular energy. Yep. Really good. It's about safety, and all yep. the drivers are in it, including Bruce McLaren. Yep. And um, they all speak like people who have lived so far beyond their actual years. Well, you know, one of the, one of the people that I interviewed for the movie was Jackie Stewart. Oh, yeah, and, especially uh, Jackie Stewart. And I went to Jackie Stewart's home out in the country, and around the property, Jackie had, and I, I think that I've got the numbers right, 56 wooden benches into the backs of which were carved the names of drivers that he'd raced against that had been killed while he was you know, driving with I driving think he them. personally may have seen witnessed the most death. And, uh, you know, as a result of Bruce's demise... Um, and another driver soon after another Formula One driver, they um, they had a, like a driver's sort of strike. Really, they um, all met at the Dorchester Hotel um, in London and um, had a drivers' meeting where they talked about whether they would compete at um, the Nurburgring and, unless they introduced some safety. Um, I remember this. This is a famous story because <coughs> none of them wanted to race, and Jackie X broke it. Right? Isn't that that uh, one? You know, I'm not sure of that fact. Is this? The, it's either the one where Jackie X broke it, or it's the one where James Hunt and Nicky Lauda were the decide. Like James Hunt was the deciding vote they might in '76, th- and then Nicky crashed. Oh no, no, this was earlier than that. Earlier this than was that. 1970. Oh, okay, so no, this then it was it was pre that. So yeah. they did. Uh, I think they. Um, I don't know if maybe the Nurburgring was out of the running from then on until they got it back in. Maybe. It, the 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 video from period from the '60s of them racing at the Nurburgring mm. is so mm. unbelievably sketchy. No, um, and of course and the cars would get airborne, and they would just go in the woods. They would vanish into the woods, and it was a you know a diabolically dangerous track because if you went if you went off the road, you you were in the trees. I mean, look this this is legit. This is this is the oh. Nurburgring in the 1960s, and that is a Formula One race. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Oh. There's just like this is someone's cow fence. That's, that's not, a no. It's like, not going to stop nothing. That's crazy. You go off there, you are in the woods. It's, I mean, I could spend. But even where the spectators were able to stand in those I days spend. too, you know, I remember. I remember standing at you know car race meetings where you'd never be allowed to stand now. Look at that! Wow. Oh my God! Imagine one car hits this berm here. Yeah. <laughs> That I mean, you can't believe they no. they they did they had they had zero foresight at all back in the day. No one was big on imagination. It didn't occur to anybody that that, that no. could be could have become a problem. Um, but they all of them, Jackie and everyone who's Emerson Fittipaldi who was in your film yeah. as well, they all really seem to have lived beyond their years. Yes, I think they did. It's amazing. Can you can you imagine if they didn't improve? Formula One and motorsport, the safety, like... Well, there'd be thousands that would have been dead by now. This, or would, they would have banned it. Yeah, it would, they would have banned it completely. Yeah. We still... We're, we're, we're still finding the issue now. I mean, not so much with professional drivers and professional cars. I mean, definitely it still happens. Yeah. Uh, people do still get killed racing. But, um, you know, with roll cages and stuff like no, that. No, there's a lot more understanding Hans of devices. what it takes to stop, you know, the impacts. Well, we're starting to see a bit of, which I, I hope can be addressed you know, sooner rather than later, yeah. is people Scott getting Scott Dixon injured. had a lucky escape of that Indianapolis crash. That was brutal. Oh, that was the cheat wow. where he got cheese grated in the fence. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God, was that bad. 
Hmm. But they're but they're walking away from stuff. Well, some some of them are not. Dan, you know, Dan Weldon had a had a had got killed, right. and uh, it's that was extremely sad after winning the uh, the you know. But uh, not to not to be a huge downer. But uh, now what we're seeing is um, injuries at just kind of open lapping days where you know uh, if you people getting hitting walls in in street cars. Oh, I know. Um, you know, people who are really not. You know that well. They you know novices you don't, you don't have the you know the the cars built to really take a big shunt. Yeah, have you ever have you had a big crash? No, you're lucky. I know. But also, I don't know. I kind of feel like I I got a couple out of the way when I was younger. I, I got a near like, miss out of the way with a in a you know friend's car and he flipped it on its side, but that was about it. Yeah, rolling is always and he did it ultimately kill himself in his mini. No way. Mini Cooper. Yeah. Oh no! I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, we uh, we put uh, that you would be here uh, on Facebook, and I got a few uh, few questions from uh, from fans, and I need to move this window over so I could see it. Okay, um, shall we? Yeah, far away. Uh, all right. What is your favorite McL- current McLaren car, past or present? I'm sorry, I said current, but then it's favorite McLaren uh-huh. car, past or present, and what would be your perfect racetrack on which to drive it? Uh, well, I have driven a McLaren around Willow Springs, so I guess I've got a buddy who's got a five, six fifty, six fifty S, yeah, lovely car. So um, Peter's been nice enough to let me um, thrash around in his car and leave some rubber on the road. So that that would be probably as good as drivers I've had in a McLaren. Bathurst, six fifty S, Bathurst, um, and then I've driven the five. 70 uh, 570s yeah, yeah the smaller the, one the gt oh the, the comfy one yeah, yeah that was a lovely the glass car. roof yeah they let me run for a couple of days that's good isn't it uh, and i enjoy driving that yeah that, that's a great road car i got to drive one no, i did a lap I, of Iceland. i did a little trip up to santa barbara and up through the mountains there spectacular right yeah it was fun to drive and that glass roof really it's, no no it's a, it's a very comfortable car and yeah. of course the glass roof and good headroom and mm-hmm. Good stereo. Everything. That hatch no, that gets the thing a, in. It's, yeah. it's a good car. It's a very good car. Um, I'm a big fan great of that. Great car, I, I think, is probably a better Great car. Yeah, great car qualifies. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the 720. I've not had a go in the no, new No, I hear that spectacular. Everyone says yeah. it's nice. I just saw my first one on the street. Um, have you ever had a go in any of the, the classic McLaren cars, race or street? No. I've, um, we we got to do that for you. No, I haven't done that. Really? After the movie? They got to hook it up. I know. It's amazing the things <laughs> people do and still don't get seat time. <laughs> um, well, someone wants to know why did it take so long for McLaren to begin building road cars? Well, uh, of course, he, he, he built the um, MAGT uh, back in uh, 1969, I guess he started building it. And that was his, you know, I really do believe that, that was his dream was to build road cars. And then, of course, once he died, uh, they really did concentrate on you know trying to win Indianapolis and uh, Formula One, and they were very successful with those um, efforts. And uh, I, I guess it was uh, the new ownership of uh, McLaren uh, that you know decided they were going to have a, have to uh, you know find a way to expand into uh, automobile manufacturing if they were going to stay you know relevant. The um, and Ron Dennis com- probably gets the credit for that. I would say he does. Ron Dennis and maybe a little Gordon Murray in there. Yeah. The F1. Yeah. 15.6, I think we just saw a McLaren F1 sell for at uh, Pebble. I mean, that F, that original F1 was an awesome car. Didn't oh, my they, God. Uh, didn't they use a standard 
road car and won Le Mans with that? Yeah, well, they yeah, basically they took a road car and uh, took the interior out and put yeah. it in a roll cage, yeah. and they won. And the yeah, car is actually sitting in the showroom there. At, uh, yeah, they well, they won Le Mans, I believe, from the GT class. That right. was because that's a road car, so yeah. it was a GT class, yeah. and they beat all the prototypes, yeah. and then they came back with the long tail, which was classified right. uh, yeah. as a as a prototype. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a good story too. It is a good story. Have you been in one of those? Uh, I've been in one, but that's about as close as I've come to moving it. It's uh, I had a go in one for like ten minutes. Oh wow! It's it was one of the best ten minutes of my life. It was amazing. Ah. That sitting in the middle thing. There's no, just no, nothing no. like it's it. It's Pretty awesome. There's just <laughs> nothing like it. So uh, what's next? God, who knows what's next? You know, <laughs> no other New Zealand uh, Kiwi record holders uh, in motorsport no, no, to make no, I've, you know, I've the Rod Millen story. <laughs> well, I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd have, I'd have, my mate Steve wouldn't be too happy about that. Oh yeah, who? Yeah, there's, a, there's been a, there was a rift well, in the Millen family. I don't know about a rift, but they, are, they were always very competitive, you know, and I know them both. And of course, Steve was an, was an awesome, uh, you know, with these um, Nissan efforts, the prototypes, you know, he was, he oh, did some, very, some spectacular wins. A hundred percent. Was it G, IMSA GTP? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. GT prototype, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And and also his Steve, Steve. Um, I've driven some of his tuned road cars, no. which have been very good. Yeah. He, uh, the man knows how to drive a Nissan. And, uh, well, I can tell you also knows fast. how to drive a Ferrari because when I bought mine, I dropped around to show it to him. And Steve said, give me a drive of this thing. And I hopped into the passenger seat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know what a guy could do with a car until I'd been in that one. No, the, the whole Millen family really has motorsport. And then, you know, the, 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 the sons, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Reese yeah. Millen. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Steve's son, Kyle, is getting into yeah. motorsport as well. I like Kyle a lot. Kyle's a great dude. Well, I, I I look forward to whatever it is you come up with next. Okay. I, I did love the world's fastest Indian. Uh, thank you. Um, and uh, and I liked I liked this documentary McLaren a lot. Where uh, can people find it? Well, it's downloadable at places like iTunes. I mean, I know yesterday I took a look on iTunes and it was the number one, number two documentary uh, on download. So is it? Let's uh, can know, we can we search? Yeah, if you search iTunes, I'll do a. And it's available through Amazon and a whole lot of other digital platforms. It is. Where is it? Song, Under documentaries. Albums. Oh, I'm in music. Oh, no. It's uh, music to your ears, but it's not music. Movies. There it is. Is it Thank documentaries? God. Oh, no. This is what happens when I don't have a producer. Ah. Uh, I got to. All my things are slowed down. Everything is slowed down. Ah, so it's on iTunes. Where else? iTunes. I believe it's on Amazon. On Amazon as well. Okay, here we go. Now I can properly do your video plug. There it is on iTunes. Okay, so getting uh, oh look, four and a half out of stars and a seventy-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Looking good so far. Good. I enjoyed it. I really did. Me no, and my girl watched it uh, last night, and it, it was great, great fun. Uh, well, it's sad at the end. I hate to tell it's you. It's a sad story. Yeah, but he doesn't live. <laughs> No, but, but we um, knew that before we started. So. It's uh, it's a it's a really interesting story into the uh, the beginnings of what is now uh, quite a successful yeah. and uh, well known car company yeah. that most people don't associate it with New Zealand, but they damn well should. And they will. And hopefully. they will. Thank you for coming in, Roger. I appreciate okay, Max, your time. Thank you for having me. I look forward to uh, to what you do next. Pleasure to talk with you. All right. See you soon. Okay, mate. Bye, Thanks. guys.